some more pop culture stuff and you know sports uh, sports stuff if you have anything on the plate here's what you missed last week nerds about the lunar modules designed to land on the moon it's not designed to pick a point in space and be able to effectively navigate that point in space and fire the lunar module engine to course correct them so they had to make multiple engine firings to in order to you know they're not going in an orbit around the moon but they had to go around the moon to slingshot themselves around back to earth and they had to use the lunar module engine in order to do that and they were literally shooting from the hip i mean nothing was the fact that they even like knew it's that amazing. like the it timing have, and uh, they didn't have the software loaded into the lunar module it was all loaded in the command module so they're literally as you know tom hanks says in the movie you know sir uh, gentlemen i think we just put sir isaac newton in the driver's seat here because they're literally using star finders to find yeah, a, right. a fixed point in space and be able to then navigate based on that it's and they like made it in that commercial when Larry Bird and Jordan are bouncing the basketball off like five things. Oh, good call. And they make it in on the first try. Yeah. The We're literally of it all, no, we'll never comprehend. Zero room for error. No, no, we're just dicking up. Oh yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Really, we are uninformed. Just a bunch of imitators that suck. Hold on to your dicks. Back in the day, I used to watch WCW. No, no, we're just sticking up. Zero room for error. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Rules and regulations. And it's a history hour, ladies and gentlemen, with yeah. our good no, friend, one of our best up. friends, really, Bob. He's on the air. He's looking sharper than ever, ready to go. And the question, Bob, how you doing, first of all? How's it going, man? Pretty good. Uh, another hot night in Georgia. How about uh, you guys? Hot- Another yeah, hot night down too. here in South Florida. Lots I think it was 106 ass. today, like in my oh. car. I know that's not like the real temperature, but you know, like when your car sits in the sun, the temperature inside is like a little bit hotter than it really is. 106 is what I saw oh. today. Oh, it turns into a pizza oven. Yeah. Yeah, you can cook eggs off of the, uh, the oh engine gosh. block. It's a sweaty pizza oven. Speaking of engines, the question tonight and the topic that the world is dreaming about and discussing at their dinner table is, of course, Tim <laughs> Richmond. Uh, Tim Richmond died in 1989. Fuck is Tim yes. Bob, you mentioned Tim Richmond. I'm not familiar with the man's story, so I'm really right. excited to hear your... Uh... John, you're not familiar with Mr. Richmond? No, I have no. no idea who he even is. Yeah, what is... like? All I, I know is you guys were talking about driver. Richmond, Virginia. Oh, yes. From the Great Civil War, the Battle of... March on Richmond. The siege. The siege. The burning of Richmond. The siege of Bur- Petersburg. They, Who's Tim they, Richmond? They, he was a NASCAR driver uh, that had, I think what? he had a total of like 13 career victories. Uh, well, over, never mind. Over, I don't care who he is. <laughs> over the course of uh, round and round. seasons, really. I mean, he started driving back in the early 80s. He started in Indy cars. He was the rookie of the year in the Indy 500, I believe, in 1980 or 81. Uh, then he had a really bad accident driving Indy cars, and his uh, he, he was the son of a wealthy business owner. So he didn't uh, he wasn't really much of a worker, but he was just a hell of a race car driver. And that's where he kind of found his his passion. And he actually moved to NASCAR in the mid-80s and kind of – would have probably been one of the guys to bring NASCAR really into the mainstream if he had lived longer. 
Oh. Wait, Bob, like, was he one of the guys that you were talking about where, like, someone was like, oh, this is too dangerous, so they hired all these, like, nobodies to, to race? No, he wasn't one of those guys back in that was that's a whole different deal it's back in when they first built Talladega in 1969 uh the tire manufacturers Goodyear I'm not even sure who what they were running back then you know Hoosier or whatever they couldn't build a tire that would withstand the speeds there so all the drivers like Richard Petty, Cale Yarborough a bunch of these guys refused to get in the cars and race so Bill France the owner of NASCAR hired a bunch of scab drivers and they went out there and and they raced Oh my so gosh. it was basically like the replacements, and, but yeah. it, it still worked because, you know. The replacements. Yeah, nobody nobody got killed. Nobody like knew the level of competition, though. So it's not like the Dick XFL me. where like we know here's what Dick. the best is. Yeah. They're not going to like accept like a minor league version. Yeah. They didn't know what the major leagues was yet. Yeah. That wasn't part of the uh, yeah. the whole thing. Now, yeah. now Tim, his name is Tim Richmond. Yes. And how, how did he die? Was he a uh, did he die on the uh, on the on the track or was he die like or on the speedway or was he a man inflicted by the hiv? He was afflicted uh, <laughs> by the hiv and he oh. died at the age of 19. Oh my gosh. Probably if he if he had come out. Oh my gosh. If he had come oh out. Wait, Bob, do it again. Do it again, please. This is like seeing Oh my like gosh. the eclipse, like, like Tom's um, life is like a box of chocolates. Right. Oh my gosh. There it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that has more oh airtime than other stages we've ever made. You're I know. Uh, you guys, you guys like to use a very, uh, it's a very generous offering. Yeah, of, oh my gosh. gosh. In the uh, list, in the, the amount of airtime shared, uh, it goes Clark, me. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, oh, that's all good. But funny. The, the crazy thing about Tim Richmond is I think he would have he he would have been a NASCAR champion. He would have Dale Earnhardt wouldn't have been as successful as he was. There would be I think Jeff Gordon, you wouldn't have had such a bump with him because yeah. Jeff Gordon transcended the sport of NASCAR. You know, he right. was on Saturday Night Live, you know, yeah. people don't go yeah, from Yeah, people who don't really follow NASCAR know who Jeff Gordon is. Absolutely. And you had before Tim Richmond came along, you had kind of these gruff Blue collar guys like Dale Earnhardt, Cale Yarborough, you know, even Richard Petty kind of fell into that. Where these yeah. guys were, you know, really relatable Dick when Petty. they got out of the car. They were like a guy who could be working in the factory next to you. You know, blue collar guys Rusty who, Wallace. yeah, the, who would go, you know, on, you know, after the races during the week, you know, they would go work on their farm or something. Well, Tim Richmond lived on a boat in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You know, he didn't, he wasn't like this good old country boy, this blue collar guy. Oh. Uh, he, he was a party Just, boy. A yeah, he boy. liked to party. He really liked he to hit party. After he was at the parrot giving hand jobs for ham sandwiches. He was. You know cheese steaks. I mean. Cheese steaks. Yeah, there were rumors that he was gay, and I don't know for sure if he was or wasn't. I just, I, he, he was definitely a, a ladies man. He was definitely a regular. He was light. a little light in the loafers. Ooh, regular sugar in the gas tank. Ooh, rocket man. Ooh, regular little light in the low fares. Ooh, a little let's decorate the Christmas tree, but it's not even December. Ooh, a little why is there no a little this wallpaper clashes with my outfit. 
Um, so he died of, a- of AIDS, and you said he was a party guy. He really, well, he liked to get drunk and just, like, bang women. Born yeah. in 1955, died in 89. Yeah, he really did live yeah. life in the past. He died at 34, I think he was. And yep. it was sad the way he went out. NASCAR really kind of blackballed him. Uh, oh, my God. He was on a lot of different drugs to treat, you know, obviously the, not, not the AIDS, but, you know, getting sick because he had AIDS, you know, he was more susceptible to illness. Right. right. He failed a drug test in 1987 when he, when he tried to come back and race. Um, oh NASCAR. God, no. Cause he had so many, it, it, he tested positive for amphetamines cause he was on Sudafed and he had so much, you know, just over the counter yeah. crap. Body yeah. Get by. Uh, he, uh, you know, NASCAR basically blackballed him and he literally took his racing suit, his helmet, drove up to his family's condo in Palm, West Palm beach and basically, went to seclusion there until he died. Oh, that's so sad. And, yeah. It reminds me of like Freddie Mercury, you know, at the end of his life. Yeah. Did, yeah. did he, to, just to put things into perspective for someone that doesn't know NASCAR. John, were you going to say something? I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say in 1989 oh or 1998, he was named one of the 50 greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. Yeah. That's okay. So that's a good, that makes sense because for someone that doesn't really understand, not understand, but know the NASCAR history that well. In contrast to like Dale Earnhardt, uh, how many championships did he win? You said None. Richmond. Okay, and Richmond <laughs> won thirteen. So if he, he were won to... thirteen races, that's it. You know, he was such. It was almost like such a limited amount of time. But the, he won seven races in one year in nineteen eighty six. Earnhardt won the championship that year. Richmond won the most races, and he was like oh. was just getting ready to make that next leap, and then he got sick. He oh, only raced. Uh, he only raced. I think in it was in eighty seven. I might have my that might have been eighty five. So in eighty six, he was sick. He he knew he had AIDS. He didn't, he didn't tell anybody else. Oh, he only raced eight races. Oh, that's sad. And won two of them. He came back. His first race back was at Pocono, and he won. He went out and run the race, and he knew he was dying. I mean, that's so sad. If he were to be healthy and keep you know keep racing and and having longevity in his career, would he have been better than Dale or? Or could, I mean, could have been at least. We, we I don't know, know about better than Dale, but he was different. Like Dale Earnhardt, you know, came up working on the car. Tim Richmond was known. He just he just had a great feeling for the car. He he didn't know more about a car than your Labrador Retriever. I but mean, he, could he just drive. Oh, really? He could just by the seat of the pants. He yeah, could right. just drive the shit out. Of it. Wow. Yeah, but right. Dale. But Dale knew the intricacies, like uh, like oh well, there's too much torque here, and the back's too heavy. Yeah, right. Let's, no, let's, he, let's, he didn't know any he, of that. I mean, he couldn't. He had a good right. He couldn't tell, you know, a crew chief what he could tell exactly tell not chief what the car is doing, but he couldn't. He didn't know why, you know. Okay. He learned so he had a bit of a disadvantage. He was, he was the inspiration <laughs> for Days of Thunder. Yeah, it was good. That was my next question. What I, Days of Thunder? He was that was that like based off of his? Uh, it's kind of his story, kind of like how yeah. the Rose was based off of Janis Joplin, but not really the same person. Yeah, yeah. You have, uh, you know, the Tom Cruise character who guys coming from open wheel racing, not. You know, new to stock cars, kind of drives beyond the equipment because Tim Richmond, when he first started in NASCAR, he tore up a lot of equipment. He, he wrecked a lot of cars. Uh, oh, really? When he got to know it, they, you know, they paired him finally when he was really doing well. Rick Hendrick, who, you know, owns Jimmy Johnson's car now, you know, owned Jeff Gordon's Ooh, car. Lowe's. Dale Jr. Wow. drove for him. Uh, you know, a, a big time owner now. Back then, oh, okay. he, he owned Tim Richmond's car and finally got Tim Richmond with this gruff old crew chief. Harry Hyde, who, you know, in, in Days Robert of Thunder, Duvall. Robert Duvall. You know, oh, this yeah, okay. With, with he his, was a salty old guy that was like, yeah, and he was like that. Do it. He was like that in real life. Uh, that, that's how Harry Hyde was. 
Wow, that's really interesting. That's a good flick, too. I haven't seen it in years. I think I might have only saw it, like, once. It holds up pretty well. I mean, it's Yeah, a, I, I, it's I don't little... know if I've ever seen the whole thing. I don't think it's blasphemous. It still holds up pretty well. Does it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's got its corny moments, you know. Uh, when he when he's shifting gears, uh, you know, already driving around the track when he started. I don't know. It's just, it's, you know. Pretty good. It holds up. Actually possible. Yeah, like I'm dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And he shifts it into fourth gear. Well, no, he's already in fourth gear. <laughs> I could see you in the movie theater watching that now, just, and it happens. Just and you're ruining like, the movie. Bullshit! Everyone. Watch this rob a fucking bank, and people are like, "Sir, <laughs> it's, it's just a movie." Bullshit! We yeah. just robbed a fucking bank. Is it like Pearl Harbor is to the authenticity of um, the actual Pearl Harbor right. event? Robbed movie, a fucking where they're bank. like taking off planes in Hawaiian shirts, and you're like, "Nah, there were no planes yeah, nah, taken off." Nobody, nobody. Right. We robbed a fucking well, bank. A, a scenario Funny. in Lost where, like, there's the bomb that, like, this guy figures out, like, it's wired so crazily. There's no way to, like, dismantle it. And I remember Agnew being like, "That's not fucking possible. There has to be a power source." <laughs> Wait, where was that at? In in Lost, there's like a bomb where <laughs> they're like, "There's no way. Like, the only way that that we can dismantle this thing is by setting it off." And Agnew's oh, like, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. not possible. It's not possible. I remember when I watched Independence Day, the, the one of my friends at the time, was his dad was a computer programmer. And he's like, how would you, the scene at the end where they're on the alien ship and, the, and he's got the apple and he's like putting the virus. He's like, how would you do it without a modem, without a proper internet connection? How can that be done? How do you know the Wi-Fi I, password? And I'm just like, I, 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 it's, a, it's aliens. It's Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum in an oh alien ship. We can get past the just Wi-Fi. Except everything they're doing. I mean, yeah. pro wrestling That's, exists. Just, just exactly. Here. You're right. But, but Tim Richmond, so when he died in 89, he was in seclusion at his parents' house. And he didn't race since 86? 87. Uh, 86, yeah. I think it was his last full season. And I think 87, he tried to come back. Uh, he, he did eight races in 87. And then uh, that was it. One, two of them, two out of the eight. And, and then he was and, done. And, and NASCAR is different, Clark. Like, um, no. you know, like Bob said, he won 13 races, but he never won a championship. Because, like, NASCAR, it's like all points. It's like you get different points, Bob, for, like, different races. You get It's the like same. Is Daytona same. worth more than Talladega? It's like, it's a, it's like Formula One where you have – yeah, it's it's like that with the point system where yeah. you're eight points behind, so you have to like win the next four games for you know yeah. races with more points than that guy, yeah. two two slots ahead of you. Like like I know um, Formula One racing pretty well, like as far as the rules and stuff. Is it similar to that? Yeah, yeah it right. is similar. I mean, you just you get a certain amount of points by how you finish, basically. So yeah, right. You know, <laughs> That's what she said to me last night after eight shots of tequila. How are we throwing it here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How we doing, Milton? What's up, Milton, babes? Milroy. Uh, Milroy. <laughs> but yeah, he he would have Tim Richmond. He would have transcended the sport kind of like Jeff Gordon did, and he would have been a household name. You know, he he was just different, and he he bucked the trend. A lot of fans, I don't think, liked him a lot at the time. I think he was appreciated more after the fact. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Is he is he like one of your all time favorite NASCAR drivers? Uh, he's probably in the top 10. Yeah. I think yeah. in terms of, and I think in terms of a driver, uh, he's probably one of the top 10 that best ever that ever raced. You know, he just, pretty impressive. just a shame. It was such a short time and he, he died before he could really live up to his full potential. 
Oh my gosh. What was his what was his demeanor like off the uh track? Was he like a nice guy? I mean, you know, well, it was he was party. hilarious. He he uh he would go to the, these, you know, the women's like workout classes, yoga and stuff like that. You know, he, he lived in Fort Lauderdale, so he frequented there's a restaurant that John knows down there that we've been to called the Whale's Rib. He was a big he was a guy that always hung out there and he was just a party guy. He, oh, he that's cool. Love to have fun. Is that a good restaurant down there, Whale's Rib? Oh, yeah, it's excellent. Sounds like a good place. Uh, that's pretty good. That's what you like to hear. I like that it's called yeah. the Whale's Rib. And, and his, okay. picture, his picture is still up there. Uh, oh, they, wow. You've seen of, it when you were there? Yeah. Oh, that's I pretty put cool. It together, and I looked. On, I saw one of the documentaries, and they said, oh, he, he, he actually, on one of the, after he won one of the races, he did a shout-out to the manager at the Whale's Rib in Victory Lane. You know, that's when oh. I realized his picture's up there. That's amazing. Yeah. So he, Tim, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask Tim Richmond when when he was racing. You, you said he was more appreciated after the after he died. Yeah. Um. But he was still like pretty celebrated when he was racing. Like, like people knew like this is this guy's this guy's good. Yeah. When you win seven races in a season, that's a pretty damn good season. Uh, How many races in a season? There's thirty two points paying races. Thirty four races total. They have two exhibition races one the all-star race and then one is the bud shootout right before the daytona 500 but 32 points paying races and what is there 25 drivers in a race the bud 40 shootout. 40 that is pretty good 40 yeah that's pretty so, good yeah and he was uh, he, he he hated losing that's a lot of mullets on the track that is a lot of mullets on the track um <laughs> mississippi mud flaps by the way, one of the tactics that Tim Richmond never did in a car that you can do, Bob, is the maneuver, is taking the shirt off while you McDonald's to not get the suit. I don't know if Tim would have went that route. But you I, I think it would be pretty difficult when you're uh, doing about 200 miles an hour and you're, you're trying to steer and you know the G-forces. That would be tough with the you – know, Pretty crazy. Tim Richmond sounds kind of like Allen Iverson. Like when he was doing it, you were like, eh. You're great, but you really haven't achieved greatness. And then after the fact, you're like, he was one of the best of all time that kind of like changed the game. That's true, John. Yeah. That's a really good analogy. I was sitting here trying to think. I'm like, he sounds like a basketball player that, you know, didn't do a lot, Clyde but Drexler. really did do a lot. And you noticed it like 10 years later. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It, and he was just so different from your run of the mill, you know, these good old Scotch Irish. And y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might have missed one practice this year. But Country if, boys if that the sport say, was built on. You know, these, uh, you know, they, they all lived on farms. They were from the south. And, you know, Tim yeah. Richmond from Ohio. And he had an apartment. Like I said, he lived on a boat in Fort Lauderdale and he had an apartment in New York City. He didn't live in Charlotte or, you know, North Carolina like a lot of these drivers. Oh, wow. He, re he referred to the Civil War as the War of Northern Aggression. Indeed, probably. yes. Yes. And he lived on a houseboat in Florida, like a, like a like a, or just a not boat, a, not like a houseboat, just like your run of the mill, just like too special. But like, like he, he lives on a boat. Yeah, yeah, just you know a regular old uh, you know boat that he would take out. I think he also had he had a cigarette boat that he drove a lot down there. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, yeah. He, he he lived it up, lived it up, and then he I think he also had he. He had a house in Ohio that uh, I've seen some interviews where he was back at the house when he was sick and he wasn't racing anymore. They did like one of the last interviews with him. And at the end, he was so uh, unrecognizable. The nurses and everybody that was taking care of him, they actually uh, forget who it was. But one, so of, one, of the, 
one of the crew chiefs came in and played like his last victory at Pocono for the nurses to see. And they couldn't believe that was the same guy that's laying in the bed, you know, almost dead. Oh, that breaks your heart, man. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, though, not not dissimilar oh from like Freddie Mercury at the end of his career was very reclusive. Didn't recognize him like really uh, sad, you know, to see that yeah, kind of go away. He couldn't even believe it's the same guy that, you know, made all that incredible music. And, you know, you couldn't believe it's the same guy that was able to drive a race car like that. And, you know, live that that life. That you know, life. Back just a you few know, years. I, recently, I've seen uh, Joe Namath and I'm like, whoa, like this guy looked like he was just not going to age until like he just all of a sudden was dead. But like I see him now and like he looks Old. Yeah, caught up with several hours. Yeah, I believe uh, everything that anyone else has watched uh, Chad play uh, impresses me. The same thing impresses them. What does it mean to you now when the team is struggling? I want to kiss you. I yeah, I think yeah, the lifestyle about about the too probably caught up with him a little bit. And like, think about it. He was yeah, in the right. prime of his life in Super Bowl three. Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Was it Super Bowl three? What were we expecting him to do? 1968, 1969. I mean, that's almost 50 years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. 50 years ago. 49. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. And he still, like, makes appearances at the games, like, for the coin toss or something. Yeah. He still, yeah. He still got it upstairs. He's still a horny old bastard. Care less oh, about yeah. the team. Oh, yeah. Trying yeah. to climb inside Susie Colbert. I mean, I just want to kiss you. I think oh, like yeah. the the and the passion for sex is like the two things that will keep a man young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, gosh. also with him with him I think it was, you know, obviously it was uh it was uh liquid induced where uh you know he was probably up in the owner's box at the Jets game having like eighteen cocktails, then walks down to do a sideline interview in the middle of the game and you know Oh right. Yeah makes an ass out of yeah. himself. It's like the equivalent of like you're at a Super Bowl party and there's like a girl there and you're drinking heavily and then at halftime you all go out for a smoke and you're like, what are you doing later? You know, but he's like on live TV. He's like, hey, what's going on? You know, it's yeah. They, they were, the Jets were hoping that like he was going to be like their Jaworski, you know, like their veteran old timer that comes Jaworski. and still cares. And yeah. Jawor- Jaworski is like, you know, a family guy. He's like, oh, he's sober. He's very well respected. Not right. Joe Willie. Class, not not Joe Willie. No, That's I think funny. he's on his third wife. Now, not there's anything wrong with that. On his third wife, you know, he's uh, you know getting tanked uh, during games, you know, where he knows he's got to go on TV, and he's still just getting shit. Yeah, back. right. He doesn't care. He knew for like days, him and Susie Colbert would have an interview on the oh, sidelines yeah. at halftime, and he oh. was like, "Well, that's when I'm going to ask her to kiss me." Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's he's getting all horned up the whole time thinking about it. I bet. <laughs> I think yeah, it's funny to see a lot of those broadcasters when they come out how they look. And how they act years later. Like I think the best one to do that is Troy Aikman because he still looks like he could still play football Troy and he's just Aikman a good looking dude. He's not aged since 1993. And he looks the exact same and you see him and you're yeah. like, there and was even a time like four years ago where he's like, I'll come back for the Eagles for one season or something like that. And it never happened, obviously. But, you know, he yeah. was still like considering doing that like well into his 40s. I think he's great in the booth. I, I like him in the booth. Can't, I'm good. not a big joke. I'm not a big Joe Buck fan because I think Joe Buck's so he's no. he's just so just monotone and like mm-hmm. never really gets excited kind of I don't know I'm, I just, I, I really, he just rubs me the wrong way but I really like Aikman. Is it because we have been like 
ever since Aikman got that job, we've been like expecting to like despise him, but he's yeah, so fucking so. like down the middle that you're like, yes, he's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, there's no bias. Whereas like you... Aikman ever played. You have uh, like Jimmy Johnson, even like you know he does the analysis and people boo him. I think he's he's pretty good at what he does too. He's entertaining, but he yeah. still has a little bit of a bias against the Eagles. And you know, obviously, obviously, being Eagles fans, we're we're way too sensitive to that. You know, yeah, yeah we're way yeah, but you pick up on it. Snowflakes, pick up on it. that kind of stuff. We're like, just looking for it. We're waiting. And then you got for guys like, be like oh, white trash. I hate them all. Yeah. And then you got guys like Deion Sanders that you're just like, well, I can't even understand what you're saying. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, my, Michael Irvin's the worst. I actually, like, yeah. I, I hated Deion when he played, but Michael Irvin's still, he's a piece of garbage. If yeah, I was, he is a piece. If I was Coach Belichick, I would throw the red flag right now. Red flag. I like, uh, I like Terry Bradshaw because he looks like a guy that you know like had a couple beers before he got on. And he's like, this is what we're doing. And, and then he tries to tell those rings. jokes that aren't funny, but they, people just laugh at him anyway. It's like that redneck well, humor. Right. Yeah, he's, he's unhinged. I mean, the guy, and I'm sure, he's like, unhinged. like there's, there's, like, a script they have to stick to on, like, the pregame stuff, and, like, it just yeah. goes out the window when Terry starts talking. Yeah, it just starts going <laughs> off. <laughs> Probably pisses off the production managers, you know, the, all the guys who worked on that shit all week. The and only, he just script. The, oh, yeah, like, the only, like, direction is, like, say whatever you want in parentheses, look towards Howie. When you're done, yeah, yeah, you know, he I think Howie Long. Labs. I think he pisses. He pisses Howie Long off. Mm-hmm. Howie yeah. Long gets pissed off at him. I think. Yeah, you can see right. that in his eyes a little bit. Howie's yeah. a professional. You can tell he's like a little yeah. perturbed. He's like, "What is this guy saying?" Like yeah, Howie yeah. retired early, and he's been on that Fox show for like twenty. I play in the Jets he's in like, New York. I roll to the right, and I had a little receiver named Greg Garrity. And he went to the post, and I turned as I was scrambling. I looked and saw him coming loose, and I turned and fired that football and snapped that ligament in my elbow, and I just Bro, went to the sideline. and a day. No, he looks like he could still strap it off. Those guys, <laughs> those guys keep take pretty good care of themselves if you think about it because they're athletes, so you know for the most part they're not like smoking and heavily drinking they have most some of their sort of lives. Idea. They have yeah. a workout. They take care of themselves. Um, usually, those guys are pretty, pretty I mean, good. He shrunk down from his playing days. You look at when he played; he was a monster. It's like Howie yeah. Long retired early. What do you mean early? Like after his first game? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he played one. He played one game and decided to hang it up. <laughs> he looks you know like it. You know what? Broadcasters were really bad, and I'm, I'm trying to remember their names, but it was the ones in, during the World Series this past, the last World Series. When the Dodgers played uh, at the Astros, Astros in Game Six, was in Houston, and it was, it was like the six-hour game. And yeah. I remember it was like one the in the morning there, and ever. these guys were like, uh, "If you're still awake, it's going to be a tough day at work tomorrow. This game's just going on and on." It's like, dude, you you need to be loving every minute of this. You're 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 broadcasting the World yeah. Series. Like that's people's dreams. Like you need to like. You know, because they're old guys. They they plan on the game probably Boy, being done by ten, and then position. here they are at like twelve thirty, and they're like, "Oh, this game's going on." And you could tell it was really piss poor broadcasting. Yeah, I, that that's I, I hate that, and I and I know being an Eagles fan, old guy. we're spoiled too because we have the best voice in Merrill Reese, and we had yeah. Harry Callis yeah. back in the day. You know? This series too good to end in six. Dodgers.
Rodgers force a game seven. They went at three to one. Who, who I think is the best of all time. I mean, yes. the NFL films. The I mean, there, there's no one like it. He's like the Sinatra of sports. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that will get on my nerves with Harry Callis, though, and this is ticky. And thus began my love of baseball and the Washington Senators. Those golden pipes what and a, a devotion game. to. We will never forget this. Hopefully, with joy in our hearts. Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Pretty. Lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. He was. You, you could tell, like he was. He was definitely drinking during the games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you could hear him, like around the sixth or seventh inning, you could hear him breathing into the mic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and. And as he got a little older, like towards the last few years, the drinking might have progressed. Because do you remember he would he would call like uh, premature calls sometimes? Like it's gone, it's going to be out of here, it's caught. And you're like, that wasn't going to be a home run at all. Like not, he was still sharp, but he would still do that. I remember in the World Series 2009. Against the Giants when Roy Halladay pitched a one-run gem. He let up one run in the first inning, and then. But uh, Carpenter on the Cardinals, I think, pitched an, an even better game. Yeah. And Raul Abanez crushed one to like mid right, right center, and it looked like it was gone. And we're gonna take a two to one lead. It's like the eighth inning, and Harry's like, "It's out of here." No, it's caught. <laughs> no. I'm in the middle of like hugging two men. Right. Like, uh, I'm in the middle of kissing a man because I'm oh so gosh. happy. And, and then, then you have to stop. <laughs> and you have to stop. <laughs> have to stop. It was one of those where it went really high and then it just came like straight, came straight down. down. Well, my, my grandfather actually, when he was alive, he actually played in a golf tournament with Mel Reese. And I guess like when Mel Reese was hitting a golf ball, like he was like – my grandfather said he couldn't even see where the hell the golf ball went. And like, it was like, Oh yeah, that's on the green. No, it was like laid up like 40 yards in front of it. Like, so how the hell is he calling yeah, this? Hit some the woman in the back yeah. of the head. It's like, I, I never believed him after that. Yeah, <laughs> second yeah, right. hole, he was like, I reached the green again. I reached it again. <laughs> so good. I would want him to narrate my life. Yeah. Like just walk yeah. behind me and narrate everything I do in that voice, that excited with everything. It would be really cool if he kind of like was like the preview, like. A game known simply as fourth and one. With the score tied late in the fourth quarter, the Eagles defense made a legendary stand. Eagles to win it if they stop the Cowboys here. They give it to Smokey, go to The Cowboys obviously now have the opportunity to rethink this and decide, yeah, maybe we should punt it away. And Switzer says, no, we'll just go for it again, which further drives home the point these guys don't respect us. 
just kind of tell what we talked about before. And and he even he even like you know broadcasts like monotonous moments. It's like, and exactly. Bob is now pouring out his milkshake that he's not drinking anymore. And you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's probably warm. Like, and he's it. going for a fourth cheeseburger. And he's doing it. It's going down. He's choking on it. He has a beer. He swallowed it. Bob takes the pennant. Bob gained an extra pound. He's going to friendlies later for ice cream with the kids. And I, I love him too. To Nick I love Balls. He's such an unapologetic homer too for the Eagles. Hey, hey, it's Hey, Hester. How you doing? Good to see you. How are you? We're live with uh, Haya Hassinger. She's going to be talking about the Long Island infrastructure, um, being a Long Island Jewish woman. Uh, where do I buy? What stock the hallway, I buy? A promo. Can you turn over some 401ks for me, please, and roll them into some money? Money, 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 but like Maurice is so just unapologetic about being such a homer for the Eagles, and like he just rips oh, into the other teams, it. like and the Eagles oh, today yeah. are matched up against the Buccaneers and their ridiculous uniforms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at those faggots in orange. Whoa, 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 Merrill. Oh whoa, hey, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> They're playing like it's like a game against the Bengals. The Bengals yeah. have resulted in thuggery. It's thuggery. Mike. Thuggery. Mike Quick. Mike. Mike. Hey, Mike they're playing Quick. the Rams today. So they're, are, they're good football players. Well, they're not out raping people. <laughs> oh, okay. Mike All Quick right. is so bad. Like, if oh, you gosh. listen to the call. Mike of, Quick. Like, our yeah. call of yeah. the Eagles Super Bowl win was so much better than theirs. Because oh, yeah. Merrill Reese is like, and, and it's incomplete. And Mike Quick goes, Oh! Shut a run! <laughs> and and yeah, complete! And the game is over! Oh, the game is over! The Philadelphia! The Philadelphia! The game is over! The Philadelphia Eagles! Yeah, he's Captain Obvious, too. He yeah, they looks- just gave him a job because he was an Eagle. Like, just, just, just get in there. <laughs> I can't talk anymore, really. Just sit down. Third and nine with 50 seconds to go on the half. You know, if they get one yard here, it'll be first down. Yeah. By the way, exactly. speaking of, of stadiums, the Los Angeles Stadium is going to open in two years. The $2 billion stadium they're building, it looks Sorry. insane. Where are they it's putting that? Chart. It's in, it's in, um, the lack. It's in uh, Commerce, California. Okay. No, it's in uh, Carson, California. And it's going to be the, the Rams Chargers are sharing it. It's like a $2 billion stadium. It looks amazing. But my prediction is, knowing the, the Los Angeles fan base, is they're not going to sell out a single game of that place. It's going to be the biggest empty. Maybe the first few games will do pretty well because it's new. Yeah, right. But, L, I mean, L.A., you can go to, like, Dodger Stadium on a playoff night and find seats. I mean, it's just not a sports yeah. town. I think the I think the Raiders are going to end up in Las Vegas at some point here. Yeah. I think the Rams are they have their seems like they have their shit together a little bit more and I think the Raiders are going to eventually get moved again. Yes. Yeah, but it's the Chargers and the Rams in LA. I'm sorry, the Chargers. Yeah, the I'm Raiders sorry. Raiders are going sorry. to Vegas. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. The Ra- no, that's right. The Raiders are going to I Vegas. I misspoke. But you're I, right, Bob, like I feel no like it's the Chargers, Chargers, I feel like. The but, Chargers yeah. are like the Dolphins. Whoever's running yes. the show doesn't know anything. Yeah. Like, they're an embarrassment. Like, San Diego's fucking populated as hell. 
you can't make a team that's popular and NFL players all want to go there. College athletes all want to go there. It's like the most, uh, you know, it's it's the number one spot in the country, San Diego. It's San Diego. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing when these guys go from city to city. They lose parts of their fan base. They don't have a sense of, like, a hometown for a little bit. Like, the the Chargers started in Los Angeles. They went to San Diego. And, like, let's go back to L.A. It's a big city. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them, like, be, I, I I think I saw one Chargers bumper sticker since I've they've announced it. People just aren't, like, fans, you know? You see Ram stuff. You just don't see the Chargers anywhere. I couldn't imagine that. Like, if another team, you know, say yeah, they right. moved another team to Philadelphia, there's there's no way in hell. I mean, Philadelphia's no. probably not a good example but just because we're so bloodthirsty about the right. Eagles. And- yeah. You can make fun of it. It's okay to punch 7-Eleven clerks in the face, too, because they look a little 9-Eleven-y. So, I mean, you're allowed to do that. You can tell the cops at the podcast and told you it's okay. No, please don't. That was scary. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Take me. Let's get your dick on it. Take me. Take me. We're back. We are back. We're on. We're live. We're live here with Bob. Bob is the uh, the saint down in Georgia. Right. Uh, Bob actually played for the Eagles from 1996 to 1999. Right. Uh, we need to start creating these like fictitious careers for ourselves. You know, Matt flew an F-14 Tomcat in 2002. Uh, oh Matt, they were decommissioned then. No, no, no. It, it, it was privately owned. That's all. Yeah. Hey, speaking of. Speaking of flying, I, I spent um, I spent Father's Day at my my future father-in-law's house. They had a picnic, you know, out by the pool, barbecue, and I. Oh my god! I don't really know how to bar. I know how to I know how to cook on the grill. Oh I'm not gosh. like an expert. Right. But he's like, his mom's like, uh, Jen's mom's like, do you know how to cook on the grill? I was like, oh yeah, anything. Great, great barbecue. He's like, are you really? I'm like one of the best. And she's like, okay, Paul's not that good. And I was like, oh, I'll take over. And I was out there for two minutes before he came over, and he's like, yeah, I'll take over, Matt. And I'm like. So we're talking, and I got him a, um, for Father's Day, I got him a cool present. I was like, you know, I really like this guy a lot. He's like, you know, we have a good relationship. I want to give him something nice. That's good. So I got him, I got him a flying lesson because he's a former, he's a former fire pilot. So I got him a flying, um, you know, like a three-hour flying, like a flight out of Van Nuys where he can go up an instructor and, yeah, fly the plane. And uh, he can take someone with him. So he's like, you're the guy taking you with me we're going no way it's like, like oh so oh, just, with that. i was like we're gonna uh, just take we... over the plane we're gonna lose the instructor and we're gonna do like top gun scenes all day long that's all i'm gonna do with you paul the chatter is just like have call signs and uh, i just can't wait to do this man i'm so excited you need to, to immediately decline i would not get in an airplane with anyone who has never flown a plane before <laughs> he, Mark, I can't afford you to crash. No, no, he's flown a plane a lot of times. Oh, well, then why are you he's, getting him lessons? He's flying an F four. Yeah, he's do, he's uh, he was a fighter pilot. Oh right. But oh, no, well, yeah, but but like I just he likes he hasn't flown in, in years, so I guess he just he doesn't do it anymore. So I was like, oh, I'll get you like Uh-oh. flying lessons. You know, you can go up with somebody, and uh, 
It's a cool thing. I don't know what kind of plane they're going to put you in, though. I guess like a Piper or a Bonanza or something. But it should be fun. They're going to put you in you one know? of those planes where like the guy goes like this. Zing, ding, 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 to get the propeller started. Oh, yeah, the... the uh, the the, 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 the tri-wheel like where you have to get the propeller and you're like like Raiders of the Lost Ark go go go, like, go 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 push a biplane yeah. oh anyway, shit that was, that was pretty cool do you guys have a good Father's Day happy Father's Day belated Father's Day to you both yeah it was, it was nice got to the wife let me sleep in for a little bit uh, went for a run and then just uh, hung out with the kids at the pool healthy choices it's a weird Did holiday I- uh, especially it? for like first timers, because I'm not like a huge birthday person. So then now it's almost basically like another, you know, birthday where it's like a day centered around me. And I'm kind of like, y- you don't need to do anything like a, a good father's yeah. day for me would be if everyone just does nothing like yeah, right. I can just, any like, extra I can just, effort. Can yeah, do right. my thing. Make it just like a normal day. I can watch Goonies in the in the living room alone and nude. Right. Or just exactly. watch Sandlot, yeah, right. nude. Um, baby yeah, oil. but that's pretty crazy. Uh, wait, what did you say? What was the last thing? I said Sandlot nude with baby oil. Sandlot. <laughs> that's what you want to do. So what's wow. going on, Bob? What's new, man? What's uh, what's tickling your uh, what's whipping your cream lately? Uh, oh my gosh! What do you want to get into tonight? Oh my I know, gosh! Uh, we always leave the show oh wanting to talk to you more. Now that we have you without an agenda, I'm trying to think of all these questions I have, but I just there's just so I many. We were gonna do Revolutionary War shit because July Fourth is in Pete. Yes. All right. Like I think uh, HBO is sleeping on crossing the Delaware. That could be the title of the show, and the whole thing is centered around that event. That crossing and, and how we snuck up on the Hessians. You could do Cro- four yes. seasons on that easily. I had a buddy named Mark that when he's like, yeah, I crossed the Delaware last night. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, when, when you're drinking with a girl and they you fall asleep, you, you sneak up in her in the middle of the night and have sex. And I'm like, dude, that's great. I was like, isn't that rape? He's like, no, no, it's not. It's, it's called Washington crossing the Delaware. It's a sneak attack at night. I was like, no, that's that's rape, dude. I don't want to hear anymore. I was going to get like an attorney. That's definitely, called, hear... definitely yeah. That, that that is rape, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. I'm so. friends like... with, I mean, he was never like a friend. He was a friend of a friend. But I mean, was like, <laughs> just yeah, known was... as crossing the Delaware. Uh, another popular term for it is rape. Rape. <laughs> yeah, I crossed the Delaware last night when she was sleeping. I just snuck in in the night. That's that's rape, dude. You can yeah, go to jail awesome. for like 20 years. Don't like, tell me anymore. It's like in no the concern. office when Ryan Howard gets caught uh, for like you know the the website like he's doubling the orders, and Oscar says uh, some people call it misleading the shareholders. Another popular term for it is fraud. It's fraud. <laughs> misleading the shareholders. Other people say it's fraud. That's so funny. But yeah, July Fourth is is coming up quick. Uh, I always spend my July Fourth. Uh, I watch. Usually in the afternoon, I watch uh, The Patriot never seen with it. Mel Gibson every blasphemous, blasphemous, blasphemous. You've never seen it, John? Nope. Blasphemous! What year did it Great. come out? Tell me that. 1999, 98? Exactly. Blasphemous! Year of a million great movies. I just never got around to it. And by the time I was doing it is when he, you know, when Mel Gibson kind of went crazy. And I couldn't really enjoy him as an get into because it. I just kept... Picturing him getting pulled over, screaming about the Jews. Yeah, I think he did like Passion yeah. of the Christ like shortly after that, and that's when things really started to. Uh, and he yes. wasn't even in that. 
go to a tailspin. Yeah, he directed it though, right? Right. He yeah. yeah, he directed it, and I think he produced it all. That. I think the I think the Patriot was like two thousand, and then he did like What Women Want, and then he did like okay. We Were Soldiers. He did like a few good films, and then like he stopped, and Passion came out, and then he started getting a little wacko. And he exposed himself as an anti-Semite. But I feel yes. like there was That's movies true. It had... that kept coming out during that time that were basically like The Patriot, like movies where it was like some American hero. There were a lot of off. like army patriotic movies like between 9/11 and be, a little bit before there was like The Patriot there was We Were Soldiers they had like Black Hawk Down there was like a string Patriot of those like war game. movies coming out That's a good one Yeah Well cuz they I, I I'll never forget the the movie have you guys seen the movie From Hell with Johnny Depp where it's about Jack the Ripper Yeah yes. That's yep. a good flick. That's an excellent movie but Amazing it came out absolutely. came out I think in October of 2001 and no Everybody at that time in the in the U.S. was in the mood to see something like that. I think yes. it was so rated. Uh, that was that, a good flick. I saw that in the theaters. I remember I liked that movie a lot. Yeah, it, it was it is good. Cool. Yeah, that was a good flick. Good. I mean, but it is brutal. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's yeah. It, uh, Heather Graham's in that, I think, too. Yes. The yeah, she's one of the prostitutes. That is a good flick. He kind of falls for. But yeah, actually, I was in London uh, like 10 years ago, and we actually took a Jack the Ripper tour and went to all like the sites where he, uh, you know, did his, you know, kill. Ripping. Oh, my God. I like in Family Guy when they're like, they're reading people's fortunes of who they were in the past, and they get a quagmire, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you were Jack the Ripper. And they cut to like 19th, early 19th century London, 20th century London, and it's like, you just hear some girl like, who is that? And you hear footsteps, and you just hear... Giggity, like in the corner. <laughs> Giggity, Giggity. Yeah. like a creepy. I'll tell you, fa- family Guy is just—it's there. That's incredible. That's an incredible okay. show. I'm, I'm gonna get. It. I usually don't like to get clips on the air because it's kind of annoying. I but get I'm, kind I'm get of. I, I kind of giggle when people try to say like Simpsons is the greatest of all time. I'm like, now. Have you Good watched show. Family Guy? Like, yeah, like maybe yeah. The Simpsons started it, everything, but. The humor on Family Guy is on a completely di- like giggity. Three of us could write Simpsons episodes. The jokes are oh, yeah. very I... mild. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Family Guy for... well. Yeah, they were great for the time, like when they were at the their peak in like the mid nineties. It was yeah. like Remember it was stuff tabby. you would you didn't see anywhere else on TV. But now it's almost like. I remember you couldn't wear Simpsons like T-shirts to school when I was. Yeah, like, right. It was like gonna pr- like Bart was like cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 a troubled youth. You're a bad but, kid. You guys want to hear real quick the Jack the Ripper? Wearing a Bart Simpson T-shirt is like wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey today. Right. Same yeah. thing. 1800s. Oh my! You were Jack the Ripper. Giggity. <laughs> You're a Jack the Ripper. But, but Did, get back. Go, go ahead. What's that? Did you ever see the one where Quagmire discovers internet porn? Yeah, his, his yeah. arms like three yeah, times. Yeah, arms is totally jacked. He's got a five o'clock shadow. And you know, Quagmire, where have you been? You know, uh, I don't know. I just like, a couple days just got away from me. Yeah, I just discovered that. I'm gonna go back inside and look at more <laughs> of that internet porn. It does happen. Though. Internet porn is a time. Swallower. It is. Real time. How did two hours just go by? I haven't even. It's a real. Pulled my dick out. It's a real time Nazi. 
It's all about <laughs> mental. I haven't even gotten the, the tissues ready. Keep that iPhone charged. The, uh, oh, my gosh. The, they're ridiculous. No. But, yeah, back to July 4th. Nice segue from, uh, yeah, poor. <laughs> we went about George Washington. But it's coming up. And I, the Revolutionary War is not a war I know as well as the Civil War. I know a fair amount of history on it. But, Bob, you probably know a lot more than I do regarding the subject. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's certainly overshadowed by the Civil War because the Civil War, where I think, was on such a larger scale and had you know so many ramifications on you know just holding the country together. You know, the Revolutionary War really, really, we were still fighting the Revolutionary War when we fought the British again in 1812. I mean, that was just a continuation of it because they didn't respect. Yeah. I was just gonna uh, say, like, the Revolutionary War had to have been, like, okay, the Civil War was us against us, but. The Revolutionary War was you had to get so many people to be like, all right, we're all going to break the law together and we'll probably die from it. And if we don't die, we're eventually going to get captured and hung. But yeah, that the balls to pull that off is just too impressive to me. Yeah, they, I mean, if, if we had lost that, uh, it, George Washington, you know, they would have been all those guys, George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers of our country would be hung, you know, traitors. as traitors. Yeah. They would be yeah, that's removing a, George Washington's status. A Tory. You should have been a loyalist. You should have been a Tory. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but the War of 1812. So when did um, Jefferson and John Adams die? What year, Bob? 1826, I believe. And they both died on right. July 4th. Right. And so they were alive during oh the gosh. War of eighteen twelve. What were their thoughts? Are there any documentation of what they were thinking when this was happening again? Like, oh shit, this is going on again. Well, they could all, they could almost see it coming because the British, even after we won our independence, you know, air quotes on that, uh, they didn't respect our sovereignty. Like, uh, no, recognize it. No, and like, and nope. what really pushed us over the edge for the War of eighteen twelve was, I mean, they were basically. Uh, imprisoning our sailors and our wouldn't even let our ships, uh, you know, sail out of our own, you know, water. Is that what caused it? That kind of pushed us over the edge. Was George the uh, third still the King of England during the war of 1812? No, I don't believe so. No. Okay. So when King. this happened again, they, they burned the, they burnt, set the white house on fire. No, no, they no, did. no. That was, the that Canadians was Canada. Did. That was Canada. Yeah, yeah, right. That was Canada. That's right. Yeah. Let's rewrite history here. A lot of yeah. people don't know this, but that was Canada. Yeah, this, that was Canada. I, they were like, Canada didn't exist yet. And like, I love, I love when you know Donald Trump just learned something. Like he just, like somebody just like wrote it into a speech or something, so he had to know about it. He was told by a staffer or something, and he makes it seem like you know a lot of people don't know this because he didn't know it before. And he's, you know, like he's enlightening us with this new information that uh, you got from your fifth grade history class. Right. Right. And a lot of people don't know this, but there were. Native savages here when Christopher Columbus first arrived. Right. Yes. Wild. They made they forced the whites into to labor. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, they, the British burned the White House. They burned the White House and the Capitol building. And the only thing that really saved the actual facade of the White House, the the, the outer structure, was a huge thunderstorm rolled in uh, after about after a couple hours of the Capitol and the White House burning and put the fire out. By the grace of God. Divine intervention. Swampland, the White House was built on. A lot of swamps around that it's like area. Disney yeah. World. Yeah, that's the one thing. George Washington was kind of a selfish guy to put Washington, D.C. there just close to Mount Vernon, so it'd be convenient for him because what a terrible <laughs> place to put a city. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> lots of swamps. Is that the only reason that it's there? 
he, I, he yeah, well, right. he had final say and he put it there, you know, it was right on the Potomac river and yeah, it was convenient to, to Mount Vernon. I don't think that's the only reason why he put it there. Um, but, but, the main, but I'm sure it, it, it helps soften the, the decision. It certainly played a factor. Yeah. It used to be an old, uh, farm and family homestead. They actually had to relocate, uh, a graveyard where they built a white house, an old family graveyard. When did oh, they wow. Call I didn't know it, that. When did they decide to call it water? That's a good question. Um, no one probably, knows. It's like the origin short- of the Joker. Nobody knows. Yeah, probably shortly after, I would imagine shortly after <laughs> George Washington died in 1799. Uh, okay, right. that makes okay. sense. Because yeah. by that time, they'd already, you know, the city was already being built. But Washington, D.C., you know, the, the Washington, D.C. we know today wasn't the Washington, D.C. that existed. You know, really, the Washington, D.C. we know today didn't really come into existence like it is now until like the 1920s. Right. Or for that when reason, there. yeah. When Lincoln was there, it was it was still swamp, and you had open swamp, stores right. going right past the White House. It wasn't a cosmopolitan center, a, a no. district of all these buildings. It's interesting it's to almost, see that. It's almost a joke. It was a punchline. I mean, it wasn't yeah. you know, that at all. It was like Gettysburg. It would be like putting it in Gettysburg or something like you're in the middle mm-hmm. of these fields and you know wilderness. Uh, so, what triggered the Revolutionary War was the shot fired around the world at Concord Bridge, I believe. Yep. Bob. And that was when. Lexington and Concord, and then that was when the British. What happened? And they, yeah, what happened? What exactly? Like protesters, soldiers. Yeah, Black Lives really, Matter was there. Yeah, the British just opened up on a bunch of protesters essentially and started shooting them. Because uh, you, know, you had that, you had, the, you had the Boston Massacre before that, I believe in 1774. Uh, I think that's when, or 1775, when that happened uh, in March of 1775, and then you know, and then it all just. Boston was the flashpoint. That was the city that, you know, they had, they had the blockade on, they, they weren't allowing, they, you know, they had the, the port blocked and eventually, you know, you had the battle of Bunker Hill, which was actually fought on Breed's Hill. They just got it wrong on the map. So they called it the battle uh, of Bunker Hill. Oh, interesting. I didn't Is know that. that. Great. Yeah. That's we got like, a bus kick there. That's slowly becoming one of my favorite things about history is that it, none of it's accurate. It's like whatever side of the story you're hearing. they are you well, know like there's all yeah. these little holes and made up parts of history it's hearsay yeah. a lot of it i mean it's like whisper down the lane your, yep. your oral right. history over a lot of years and yeah. i mean like the crux of it are accurate like the right. results and all Made that plots. stuff but like locations like even bob alluded to in another show like a lot of the civil war battles had two different names depending on which side you were on like um i can't think of one right now but you know bob you mentioned before the civil war some of the confederate battles they called it Bull run, but the union yeah. called it right. They they regarded to the battle or they referred to the Manassas. battle based on like Manassas, different right. landmarks. Yeah. yeah. The river or the railroad. 
the union, yeah, the union named it after whatever, uh, whatever body of water or, you know, just some geographic, uh, denomination and the, the Confederates named it after the nearest railroad. So. Yeah. Like, well, it depends on what side you're on. Like the last night, Jen was upset cause I missed dinner with her parents. She said you were home drunk. I said, no, I was saving children from a fire. I mean, it depends on who's exactly. side on yeah. the mat. It's hey, a, really, oh that's, gosh. that's the truth. All right. If you, so fight, you get to write this. You get to. But really interesting with Revolutionary War, I know we've all been to Valley Forge, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm overdue to, to go back there and visit that place. You know, they got a, a cool history museum there, uh, to, you know, visitor center and all that. But uh, to see how they lived in the war during those winters, I mean, very, very brutal considering, like, the supply lines they had and just technology in 1776 in the cold winter. I mean, you, you got a fire and maybe some horse blankets and that's it. Like, it's, it's brutal, man. Yeah, I mean that was and that was Washington's biggest complaint too. I mean, you're talking about that. Not only do we didn't really have a government set up, we didn't have a government set up at that time. So when you're you know seceding from British control, you don't have a government. You have to kind of create everything on the fly. So you don't have you don't have supplies. You don't have any of that stuff. That's true. That was Washington's biggest complaint. I mean, he just couldn't get supplies for his troops. And you just blew my mind because on the last time you were on, you said General Lee's biggest complaint because they didn't have a government fully set up was the lack of supplies. And General Lee was a, a relative of George yes. Washington, yep. which is amazing that those two oh were related. Was it, by, was it a marriage? Oh, sh- yes, his uh, no. wife, his wife was, I believe, uh, Mary Washington's, uh, uh, I believe, like niece or something like that. Oh, wow! It's amazing. And Henry and Robert E. Lee, his father was Lighthorse Harry Lee, who was a famous general that served under Washington. Lighthorse. So, oh, wow. They named him Lighthorse Harry Lee. That was his nickname, Lighthorse. Why? I'm not, Sounds like know. a big dick. No idea. Yeah. Hey, so, you want, hey, get down your knees. Oh my leg hole. Lighthorse heavy cock. <laughs> I love being seen. In, yeah, the, I love the opening episode, the opening scene in John Adams when they do the the um, yes. Boston Massacre, and you see yeah. them running and things are going off and it's just so scattered and I mean what a scary time and and the, the British were relentless. I mean, they would just get mowed down at certain about, and they would just keep coming in drones. Like George just wanted to quell that fucking thing. He didn't care how many people died. Yeah, I mean, the, like the Battle of Bunker Hill. The only reason why we lost that battle is because we ran out of am- ammo. I mean, yeah, towards right. the end, they were trying to you know push the British back, and they were uh, the, the Americans were loading you know rocks into their uh, into their muskets to shoot. Oh, oh really? Wow, yeah. sticks and twigs. They alluded to that in the Patriot. They said, yeah. you know, at Bunker Hill, they just kept coming at point blank range. And that was like the British. They just wanted to, to keep going. Yeah. And actually, you know, the obviously John Adams uh, was I believe he was in Philadelphia when that battle happened. But Abigail and John Quincy Adams, John Quincy Adams being a future president, uh, actually watched that battle uh, on from their home. Just they walked up on a hill and they could watch the battle and, and see what was going on. Oh, that's my wild. God. Yeah. I was and you're thinking like you're thinking like, could you imagine watching something like that and and you're watching us lose and you're like, well, this this isn't really going to turn out well. And your <laughs> yeah, father's trying to set up, you know, a rogue you start government to and, run. Yeah, you're losing down here. I yeah. was remembering last show Bob was on when 
And I, I, I still, I mean, I believe you. I'm not saying that you're lying, but it's just so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that some soldiers didn't have shoes. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot of the Confederates didn't have shoes. They would always take them off the Union dead when That's they crashed. Yeah, most of, them, most of them, though, spent a majority of the war without shoes. And then I heard something where, speaking of dead soldiers, um, and we're talking like more recently, you know, World War II, Vietnam. Preach. When, you know, a soldier was dead and you had to go through his, like, things to, like, give back to his family. Yeah. If they found any, like, you know, risque shit they would like keep it and not give it to the family so the family wouldn't have to like deal with that it'd be yeah. like you know if you handed in a soldier's laptop and it was littered child with porn, porn. <laughs> you would delete yeah. it before sending it back to the family isn't that crazy yeah, yeah. i mean well you know they're, that's they're... so like thought through yeah trying to do right by him you know yeah don't, yeah right don't make so, it worse yeah yeah yeah, you don't want that right. to be one of yeah, the last stories. Let's right. not put salt in the wound. Yeah. Your son Billy was killed in action. By the way, he was a huge pedophile. You might want to get some <laughs> counseling for your niece, you know, Rachel. By the way, uh, we're pretty sure why he joined the army. Huge gay. Huge gay. <laughs> By the way, we're pretty sure we know why he joins the army. Huge gay. Here's your flag. We're not we're not gonna no. he's not getting a military burial because of the poor. Your, your benefits are cut off. Um, that's terrible. The, uh, the, the declaration of independence, Bob, the signing itself, oh my gosh. the most important moment in our nation's history, at, at least one of the top five, obviously it was. signed in Philadelphia. It was until made... People just started ignoring it. Right. When, when Trump is at his, uh, inauguration, you know, ball and you see the, you know, the confetti flying, that's actually made from ripped up pieces of the constitution and declaration. Yes. They put so, it right to the shredder. They put yeah, it right to the shredder. Right, that's so. It's kind of, but but when it was signed, and you can visit the building at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, and it's it's a it's it's humbling. It's amazing to see. It's in very good condition. Uh, not everybody was signed uh, signed the Declaration at the same room at the same time, like it is in the painting. It was over a period of a couple of weeks, Bob, in uh, July. Yeah, I believe so. And because uh, some people weren't there, uh, they they showed up yeah. later. Damn know. it! Another lie. <laughs> Jefferson. Jefferson uh, obviously wrote it. And you think about it was Philadelphia in July. And, you know, I think the people who were there when it was actually signed and who were actually helping work on it, you know, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, I believe, was there. Ben Franklin, who was really old at that time. Imagine being in and you couldn't in Philadelphia back then. I mean, they once again, there was no sewer system. So people throwing their their basically shit out their windows, you know, out of the out of buckets so you couldn't have the windows open stunk so then you have a bunch of you know older men uh who don't shower regularly in this cooped up in this room and don't have toothpaste yeah yeah no the hygiene their, just was not there dicks don't you can imagine how that place you can imagine how that place probably smelled but i guess you get used to it yeah oh. it's filled up in july is as humid as a as a humidor and oh, it's it's, it's just it's nasty brutal. I, uh, I I just think that's an amazing story, though, and when they have that. Uh, Jen and I visited Independence Hall maybe three years ago in the dead of winter over Christmas, and we just saw a tour guide. And he's like, she's like, hey, do you know where I can get some gloves? And he not only gave my girlfriend the gloves off his hand, the, uh, parks, the parks department, you know, like one of the rangers, but gave this, like, oral history that was reminiscent of, like, 
Chris Farley in Wayne's World 2, knowing all this information, he's like, well, actually, when they signed here, they, they did it in this place. And misconstrued was Betsy Ross House. And I was like, you're the most fascinating man like I've ever met, like, like works at one of these places. He was like top notch. It was it's yeah. such a good experience going to that place. Yeah, Everyone those guys, were, whenever I go to a historic site, I love just trying to pull those guys aside and just picking their brain on something because nobody, you're not going to read some of that stuff in a book. You're, you're standing there and that, they're able to walk you through it right there and they're so knowledgeable. Yes, it's great. At the Reagan Presidential Library, there was somebody in the uh, – there was a woman in the uh, the room before you went in to see like the assassination room, the attempted assassination room, where there was a podium, and you know, we got, I got talking to her, and she knew all this stuff. Like, well, actually, the reason this happened was because of this stuff I never even knew about Reagan, because if you think about it, that's their job. They they study that, they're interviewed on that, they love it, but they're most of them are volunteers, at least yeah. at the Reagan. The parks people are paid employees, but I think this one might have just been a volunteer. They just love the history and they know so much. Yeah, it's like they, talking to you, Bob. I mean, they, nobody knows more than you. It, you know? Yeah, they're, but even them, though, I mean, it's just more they're immersed in it. They're living within it every day. That's their job. I mean, it's right. it, it doesn't get any better than that in terms of you know knowledge. I would do that. I probably will someday. We'll, we'll work at one of those places or volunteer in history when I have time because it, it's just I love being around that stuff. You know what I mean? I should have been a history teacher. Like hey, it's, hey uh, Garth. Hey, Milton. Hey, Milton. How's it going, man? Awesome party. Good tunes, good brew, good buddies. I feel great, man. I feel great! <laughs> I don't know, man. I hate my father, I hate my life. But I feel great, man! You guys are great. I'm gonna go pick a fight. Yeah. If it wasn't called millions of dollars of the podcast, it's pretty good. gotten a lot better. What doing. But, but you, I, I respect, not only because you love history so much and you're like a great dude, but you you give it the respect it deserves. You know, like, we're gonna go to Gettysburg for Christmas. It's like you need to spend at least three days there to get the whole thing. You're not one of these like, let's yeah. get in there in three hours and go. Get in the car. You like you yeah. want to like you understand. Yeah, and and you try to, and you try to do it do the best you can with it, and you know, try to try to be as honest and truthful about the history and and what it means, and you know, not overblow it, but obviously don't underrate it either. You know, uh, yeah, respect this. Yeah. And you know what? There's some fallacies out there that, you know, you, you've learned certain things about certain historical events. And then, you know, maybe down the line you read it, it kind of went different. Right. That's like so Paul true. Paul Revere. Apparently yes, Paul Revere rode like a block and then some other guy rode like the rest of the way. It was just the name Paul Revere sounded cool. So that's Blasphemous. the story they told. Yeah. But like, how true? can you believe that? Johnny yeah. Appleseed. Yeah. It's well, I always like the think people that say that Shakespeare stole from somebody. It's like, well, yeah, then why isn't that guy more famous? He just totally plagiarized. Yeah. There's rumors about Johnny that. Apple, Johnny right. Hasterseed. He plants his seeds in the night. I always oh think gosh. about, uh, I don't know why this comes up when I think of Paul Revere's ride now. You guys ever see Robot Chicken on yeah. uh, Cartoon Network? Yes. Yeah, Scott they, they have Evil. That they have that yeah. one little segment where it's dicks yeah. with time machines. Yeah. <laughs> the guy paints like a tunnel on the side of a rock wall, and Paul Revere and his horse just ride right into the side of the tunnel. Wall, so. <laughs> I don't know why I think about that. That's it's so really, funny. It's just hilarious. Yeah, what's, <laughs> what's really interesting, though, when you think about the Revolutionary War, the independence, and the aftermath, is when the United States government set up shop, George Washington, the first president, it's, it's interesting to look back today and go, yeah, he was the first president. You know, we've had 45 cents. But, but when you think about it, it was uncharted waters at the time. Slavery was still uh, legal. 
Uh, it was a brand new country. They had no idea if it was going to work. Britain was still sore, and it it worked for. It's been working for two hundred and uh, I don't mm. know thirty years or whatever. Fifty years, forty years, whatever. And to, to think of setting up shop that quickly and function. Of course, it had its problems, but to be an unknown, the first democracy that worked uh, in that way is amazing. If you really look at what was at stake, it was a new country created by a bunch of guys who just wanted a better life for everybody. Yeah, it was amazing. It, it held together like it did, you know, and it yes. still functioned and it actually served the purpose it was intended to for the most part. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it they they these guys really were forward thinkers who set this all up. Uh, and and it still it still works today. I mean, They're it's like, a living do- it's a living document. The Constitution. Yeah. They were like, yeah. "What is the closest we can get to like making this fair?" Like yeah, the right. Whole hierarchy of leadership. Like, how can we make it fair as as close as we can get? Because it's never gonna be. Because there's always gonna be people that manipulate any sort of system. But like, they came up with like the best fair way to like have leadership. Right. At least at yeah. that time, before there was seven billion people in this world. Yeah, and they they built it in a way too that you know we kind it kind of protects us from ourselves to a certain extent. So if you get right. a you know president whoever yeah. is or or you know does something that uh, you know not just a president but you know even in Congress you know there's the it, it the government almost protects it itself from itself. You know it's all all stuff is built in. Limited powers and not you know it's yeah. of a monarchy. And these guys weren't just smooth sailing in the beginning. Like, oh, we won the war. We're going to set it up. I mean, there was a lot of even inner circles political turmoil. Like, John Adams had a lot of enemies, people, you know, political enemies. And right, there was a lot of, like, things back. at stake. And people got passed up. And, you know, the country's up for grabs. Your new country can get – it was – to set that up is, is remarkable. It's, it was, it's so God. insane because it it's always was and it always will be a popularity contest, even if it's one-on-one or if it's voting for the guy to represent the whole country. And John right. Adams was like an ugly, like weirdo, but he was so fucking smart. But because he was such like a weird, ugly, fat troll, hardly anybody listened to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he was... Not he wasn't. I guess you could say socially adept as some of the other people, like Jefferson, and right, right, Madison, and charming, you know, yeah, James yeah. Monroe. He didn't have Hamilton. that for him, and so yeah, he graded, he rubbed people the wrong way to a certain extent, and right, it was tough. But it's yeah. like he was one of the smartest people, like ever. And even these guys, you look at like Thomas Jefferson, yeah. who you know who was was so radical in his thinking. You know, he thought, well, the government should be overthrown every 20 years. You know, he was, in terms of his thinking, he was radical, but these it. guys had their different opinions, you know, and John Adams wanted more of a, you know, a big standardized, you know, federal, strong, central federal government, but these guys didn't let their own beliefs completely yeah. pollute how they set the government up. They had, they were still able to strike a balance and they knew they had to strike a balance where it couldn't be completely, you know, the revolutionary way or it couldn't be completely this strong, centralized, completely all-powerful federal government you know you have to they, they knew they had to balance it out even though it probably went against some of their you know what they truly believed in. oh my god like the biggest problem for any standard american today they're just not willing to bend on anything like they want to be right and they don't want to try anything that you're suggesting and these yeah. guys all did that like on like extreme levels yeah right yeah big levels yeah, you look at guys like a guy like Thomas Jefferson and a guy like Alexander Hamilton. I mean, they were 
worlds apart in their thinking, but they were able to, you know, still yeah. make it work. And they weren't, you know, we weren't just arguing to argue and to be right. They were arguing to debate and to solve issues and, and come to an agreement. The creative right. It was for, the, for the right reasons. You know, they're doing it for the better good of their constituents, not just themselves. Yeah, how, how many terms did Washington, Washington serve? Was he just a one term? He was two. He was two? Adams yeah. was, was one term? Adams was one term. He uh, he got voted out. Jefferson beat him. Tommy. So, and then, let me ask you this. Who came up with yeah. four years and why? That was the term limit that they established. Uh, There's no reasoning I, behind it. I, I'm sure there is. I, I don't know right. 100% for sure. I, I assume it's just, you know, I almost think they should change it now. With uh, I think a president should just have one six-year term. So there's yes. no reason, you know, they I can agree. they run on, the you know, what they stand on and that's it. Then they're elected, they're in. Six years, you don't have to worry about, you know, being a lame duck. You don't have to worry about running for re-election. And, there's none of that. Yeah, right. You don't have yes. to worry. I think what ruined Obama's run, even though it's still Obama! It was that he had to like pause and run against Mitt Romney. Obama! You know, it, it throws off the momentum. It does. And rarely do you Obama! vote in a new president over an incumbent, um, especially during wartime. It just doesn't yeah. happen. But you're absolutely right. And I, I agree with you, Bob. And I've, I've, I've said that to people, you know, outside the podcast. I said, yeah, the right. Bob says, you know, a president should have a one year term of uh, four, six year, you know, one term of six years. And I agree with that because of the the campaigning years it sucks up a year. Yeah, where you're really just on the campaign trail, yeah. like country's on autopilot for a yeah, lot. Yeah, to waste of time, and, and to waste of time, and it's an incredible waste of money. Huge waste of money that needs to be capped. I mean, it's ridiculous the yeah. billions of dollars that are spent on a campaign. I mean, come on, yeah. cap and I it. Think, you know, like senators maybe should be able to serve okay two six year terms. And then you have to sit out a cycle before you can go again. So we don't have these career politicians who just sit there and you know become. Uh, just these basically they, these statues. They wait uh, for right. someone to fossils. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In. That's what happens. Yeah, and you know maybe representatives. Okay, let's give them instead of two-year term, let's give them uh, three, four-year terms, and then yeah. they just sit out a, a cycle before they can get back in if they want to get back in. So you have constantly have this churn and turnover and fresh ideas, and not just these career politicians who, right? Uh, you know plant in there because it's like like clark said it's really hard to unseat an incumbent uh an incumbent uh unless you know you really have a strong candidate and most like of the clinton, time, and, clinton and bush was like an example of where an incumbent was uh defeated by by somebody new but rarely does that happen it's, yeah yeah that's because bush basically was promised that he wouldn't raise taxes and he had to read my, my dick dick <laughs> Great dicks think alike. Yeah, but it's true though. And uh, the, I guess so. Back in back in the day when Washington was president, and they established the White House, he didn't actually live in the White House. It was Adams that was the first to live there. He was in Mount Vernon during the presidency, or was he in Philadelphia? He was in Philadelphia uh, as well as uh, New York. Uh, when New York. They went to New York for a short time, but they also in Philadelphia. And he Washington was there when they laid the cornerstone of the White House, which. The cornerstone that was laid, they have yet to they, – they, they can't locate it now. They, really? Even, even when they did the, uh, the complete rebuild of the White House uh, back in the 1950s when Truman uh, was in it, they tried to locate it. Truman wanted them to try to locate it, and they couldn't, they couldn't find it. What? They couldn't find it. So it's somewhere there on the ground. It's there. But they just underground. They, they don't for sure where it is. 
Because the only thing that's original in the White House is the outer shell. Right. And it's actually, the outer shell exists on its own. It doesn't hold anything up anymore. There's like almost like a house within the White House that is self-supporting with, you know, steel beams now. That was stuff that they replaced back in the 50s, you know, because it hadn't, oh. until 1950, I think it was, well, 1948, 47 uh, is when they started to redo it. Uh, they hadn't really, they, they hadn't built anything, rebuilt anything in it since they rebuilt it after it got burned in, uh, in 1814. By the Canada. So, so the same old timber beams that had been you oh know, drilled and oh, cut shit. through over the years to put in, you know, when they put plumbing in, wiring, all that yeah, crap. Right. And the oh, floor. Of the it's, it's like Alcatraz almost. Yeah. The White House was in bad oh. shape when uh, they redid it, when they had to go in and gut the in entire. In the 50s, they did that, when they gutted it out and yeah. fixed it up because of infrastructural yeah. problems. Do you yeah. think in like by like 10 years, they're going to like make us rename it the house? No. That's <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, no, I don't think so. What they sh- what they should do is turn it into because it's it's really hard to protect, and you know it's it's you know it's out it's pretty you know it's it's a pretty it's a big fat target it's 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 tough to protect and I think what they should do is turn it into a museum and actually move the president to where the vice presidential uh, uh, residence is of the naval observatory and have the president live there because it's probably it's much easier to secure. Um, you, you can't really see it from out the outside, whereas the White House is sitting out there, you know, all on its own. I feel like they should just have true. Well, they should have the president like underground, like that. You should never know where he is. We shouldn't. It should be like the Bat Cave. Like it, it should be like V for Vendetta, where, where the is. Prime Minister lives underground. Yeah, <laughs> Bob lives underground. I think for protection. I do. Bob, I think you should start telling people you're underground and not ever give a reason why you need protection. Like. Well, like your wife can even play it off. Hey, is Bob home? No, he's he's actually underground this weekend. Why? You've asked enough questions. It's for his safety. Please don't ask anymore. Oh, okay. All right, I guess Bob's underground. And that, that way people don't think you're surrounded bank. by mystery and you can get out of shit you don't want to do. Bob, your Aunt Maud's coming down. You're going to play handicap golf with her in her wheelchair? Oh, I'm underground this weekend. Like, I want to, but I have to go underground for the, for the kids. Okay, yeah. No, all right. All right. I get it. That's a good point. That's a good point. It would get me out of a lot of things. Underground. I remember at my uh, grandfather's funeral, uh, my brother-in-law, who was in the army, had his military the dress uniform on, and he had like a medal, and I had a suit on. I said, "Michael, we're at like a, so shamelessly, we're at a cemetery right now. Can I get a picture of me pinning this medal on you, like you're a wounded soldier and I'm like a senator?" And he's like, "No, no, Matthew, the medal's not a joke." I'm like, okay, no, I just, I, I know, I just wanted to ask. I think it'd be a cool social See, media post. That's when you should have take like grabbed him by like one of his little medals and leaned in real close and said I should have everything is a joke yeah or 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 have somebody take a picture without him knowing be like this is amazing what is this let me just take a look and make it look like I'm pinning him on and the next day he sees like Senator Clark awards you know I wrecked that the medal of freedom or something and he's like what medal of freedom that's civilian it's a great photo op come on it's a great photo op I love don't, it don't be stingy it's not a joke Matthew yes it is Speaking no, of getting joke, out of things, um, a Bob mentioned earlier uh, today on the thread that you know he really wants Clark to go to Talladega, and yeah, I, ju- I just don't going think it's year. ever gonna happen. I it's was like, going, people who live on. five minutes away from Clark have a hard enough time getting him to meet them at a bar on Saturday <laughs> that they planned two weeks ago. There's no way he's gonna meet us in the middle of Alabama. For a I'm NASCAR going. Event. I'm if going, it does man. happen, it may be like at the end, I'll I'll just like kill myself because no, no, I'm going. But 
But I need to go with Bob. Like, I need to go to Georgia and then travel. I don't want to travel alone to Alabama and be like, Bob, are you are you out here somewhere? You know, oh, well, like we need we it needs to be like a road trip thing. That's no, like oh, yeah. documented. That's the we'll kidnap you. Have to. We'll kidnap John. you. We'll just we'll show up in a in a uh, <laughs> deliverance a windowless van, just the panels and yeah, tie, you know, put a hood over you and just throw you in the back and dueling you know, banjo, right? Spray yeah. paint on the so, side because there's the no band. there's no shortage of hoods down there in Alabama. So there's a lot of white hoods. I can just I mean, if I want to, I mean, cold. you know, for like the car, yeah, it gets chilly. It's chilly. Yeah, I'll go to Talladega. I would have went this year, but I, I, for work, we had like a, I couldn't get out of it. It was, it was just, it was too much. Well, eventually we go every year, so eventually uh, we'll get you. Ta- right, Talladega is what? Th- what's that? The odds are in your favor. You know, they go. The odds are in the favor, and Talladega is what? Like a four-hour drive from you? Is that like a car no, trip? Two, two hours. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's Real great. Real quick. Real smooth. Yeah. It's like from going like from the suburbs up to the Poconos. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, it's it's an easy drive, nice drive. It's, yeah, uh, it's like one road. and you're and, and like the Poconos, a lot of things around there are just white. I mean, you're seeing a lot of whites, like snow and people. I mean, it's just like a good experience. A lot of trees. <laughs> What's the food situation? Oh do you, do you do you bring your own food or do you get like hot dogs? Oh, we bring we bring everything. It's you got to be all bacon, dogs, barbecues. Oh yeah, cocks. yeah. We just grab everything on the grill. Uh, there's food at, at the concessions in the track, so we eat. eat Where do you jack food. off? Like, do you have to go to the car? Or oh, my no? gosh. Back car. In the back. oh, my gosh. Or we have a, a special tent that's uh, strictly for that, too. Are there are a lot of loose women there. Yeah, a little like, tricky zipper. NASCAR whores that were just like, hey, baby, you want to come up They're... to Mobile with me? Yeah. I'll right. tell you, it's an interesting study in civilization. Because you look I can't at. can't wait. People. They're great people, man. They're salt of the earth, but you look like. Sure. What do you do when you're not here? Yeah, right. yeah what is your life do like? You it's wake like that. up in the morning and put on a suit and go to an office? I don't think so. I don't think. Do you look for the check in the mail? Some of these people, this is like, like we, I'm sure when you were younger, you went on family vacations, you go to the shore, you go to the shore, you go up to the Poconos. These people, some of this is their family vacation. They'll stay there for a whole week and camp out, and that's the whole deal. And it's just you know centered around the race. Have you a, ever it... heard the term direct deposit? <laughs> Have you ever heard the term EBT? Do, do they accept it here? <laughs> Have you ever heard the phrase, I'll give you $300 in stamps if you give me $100 in cash because drug dealers don't accept stamps? <laughs> Has that been a term said? No, that's cool. I'm not making fun of people. I mean, I am a little bit, but overall, it's a good experience. It sounds like but a yeah, lot I mean, of fun. Like, I've never seen a fight or anything like that. You know, it's not like an NFL football game where, well, it's the Eagles versus the Cowboys, and you know, I we all have this you know rabid hatred for the Cowboys, and they hate us back too. And you know, there's fights in the stands. In NASCAR, I mean, it's like, oh, I hate your driver. He's a jerk. But, you know, you guys are tossing each other a beer then after that and laughing right. about it. Right. Yeah, that's but so true. That's it's not like completely yeah. split down the middle. There's like 40 factions. So there is no rivalry hatred. It's, right. like, a, it's like you're just making fun of one guy. And yeah, it, yeah that's so true. It, I've been there twice, and there has not been a scent of – disorder or violence or anger that's true that's pretty amazing it's crazy that's pretty cool it is. that's cray it's cray cray because even at a regular season june phillies mets game oh, you, you kind of look over your shoulder as you walk through the parking lot 
Yeah. Yeah, and you're and you're at your your team's home stadium, and you're still looking over your shoulder because you know when the Eagles fans when they can't right. fight the, another team, they'll just fight each other. Oh. Yeah, but when I if I go like I've been to a few Dodgers games, I have a Philly shirt on. You know, and I'll get things like "fuck out of my town," this and that. I mean, they all shut up when I take the shirt off, and there's an immigration custom enforcement shirt underneath. Then nobody really bothers me. When I start to ask for papers, then then yeah, that that stops pretty quickly. But with the Philly, no, okay, that's terrible. But with the Philly shirt, yeah, you get it's. I don't know, but that's nice to hear that it's Talladega. It's not like that. Yeah, Yeah, right. I love. uh, I feel like you know I get the when I wear whenever I wear like my Eagles shirt, I feel like you know that there's a. Target. You know, like Vince McMahon strutting in down to the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Conor McGregor. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, doing that like that. Yeah, that really confident strut. I mean, when I wear my Eagle stuff now, it's just yeah. I think my penis size, you know, goes up. You know, it, right. At least oh, three dude, inches. It, it goes fourteen inches to sixteen. I it almost, uh, I almost like stand there like for an extra pause if I'm at like a gas station. And I'm wearing an Eagles hat. <laughs> yeah, and right. I get my yeah. change and I'm like, thanks for the change. <laughs> you, you tip you the like, hat like, you like cowboy. You like my hat? Man. You see my hat? Oh yeah. No chance. Yeah, the champion. And then you tip it. You do like. And, you know, we, we knock we knock Eagles fans, you know, for how they act. But we're Eagles fans. It's the same way. Whenever I see a, that Dallas Cowboy star on somebody's car or somebody's wearing a hat, my first go-to is I want to like yell at them. Cowboys effing suck. You know, I just not like, hey, yeah, how's right. Hi, kind sir. I don't know you. Good to, you know. Bob wants to rear end them in the parking lot of Target and then drive away. I want to say, hey, how does it feel to be completely irrelevant for the last 25 years? We're just like sucking. We're just running over in the parking lot and leave like nothing happened. I do admire hardcore fans of teams that are really shitty, though. Yeah, right. Uh, That you're like, okay, you are like a true fan. You know, you're not wearing like a Yankees hat because they're so good, you know. Yeah. Like, like someone that you Bills see fan. wearing like a Reds hat or something, and you're like, "Oh, I've been a fan for 20 years." I'm like, "Good a for Buffalo you." Buffalo Bills fan, you know where? Okay, you, right. you you guys are just getting your shit pushed in every year, and <laughs> and you you are a true fan. fan. You are a true fan. Oh my god! Oh my god! I know my my favorite bar down here, Packy's, my second favorite bar. It's a Buffalo Bills bar, and I love watching the games there on Sundays because. Yo, if those guys True are fan. excited for football, then everyone should be excited for yeah. football. Come on. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. They can be a po- they can have a positive spin on every Sunday and get up in the morning and actually look forward to watching their team uh, you know, go out and try not to make a uh, an embarrassment of themselves and shit anybody can. So much like I say to them, yo, you guys, you know, you don't live in Buffalo anymore. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you, you can you, know, you can root for another team. There's that, like other things. That's so interesting. Today. That's so interesting. There's a Buffalo Bills bar. I mean, it's not like Buffalo is a huge metropolis where that they have like a dedicated bar in Florida for Buffalo Bills. Like that's interesting. It's cool. They uh, the, the person that is involved somehow with ownership is related to the person who invented the original buffalo sauce in Buffalo, New York. Oh, there you go. And their wings are fucking great. They have to be. Yeah, exactly. Pretty good. I, I remember when I moved here, like people were like, so you could become an Atlanta Falcons fan? And I wanted to like <laughs> punch him in the face. Like, Are you going to no, be an Atlanta Philadelphia? Falcons fan? I'm an Eagles fan. I'm never yeah. going to be a Falcons fan. Yeah. Like, Are you be a how, how dare you accuse me of, you know, I, I would never do that. No. My will is to the Eagles. Yeah, yeah hey, I'm moving, I'm moving to South Africa. Are you going to marry a black chick? 
Now, I know I'm still married to Jen, which is the job. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, you moved to South Florida. Are you going to marry a Jew? Um, going to marry... Oh, wait, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, wait, yeah. Clark, you're moving to L.A. Are you going to marry oh, a Mexican? Yeah. No? Oh, wait, yes. Yes. Yeah, I am, actually. Yep. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Another gosh. one stabbed me. Tweet! Snaps! In the school podcast, we're here live with Bob. Bob's looking good, looking spelt, looking thin. <laughs> Bob, you do look good, man. You look like you have a little son working out a little bit. Yeah, I've been uh, doing a lot of yard work uh, last weekend, especially. Almost, uh, almost killed myself last weekend. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So, so terribly hot outside. I just overdid it. I mean, oh I, I so terribly hot outside. I think I sweat like twenty pounds of water and then came in and I, I couldn't like see straight. I was so dehydrated, so I just like sat in the shower oh for like twenty minutes and had it on cold, like uh, akin to uh, you know the movie. Uh, <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? A League of Their Own when uh, yeah, yeah. Dugan, Tom Hanks' character throws what's her face in the shower and tells her to cool oh, off. Yeah, cat. That's so funny. Cat. That's a Kid. great. That's a Kid. great flick. God, John, doesn't a... John remind you of Tom Hanks in League of Their Own? He does. Like Jimmy, the girls can't play baseball. I'm just how he's kind of you know this blase when like no. John doesn't care when John doesn't care about something and he's like kind of. You know, he kind of has that Jimmy. He's very Jimmy Dugan esque. I yeah, love very it. Jeff Passenger esque. Yes, German efficiency. When my dad be leaps out of me, I'm, I can be very Jimmy Dugan, and that's usually when I'm pretty hammered. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Oh, no, it's not. By the way, John, John will be heading to uh, Seattle City to Uncle Bill's Pancake House in a couple weeks. Uh, I think I'm gonna miss that. Thing. Still missing the cutoff man. Now that, that, that's something that I would like you to work on before next season. You're gonna miss the pancake house. You went for the first time last year, right? Yeah, right. first time ever in my life. Uh, very, very <laughs> overrated. You, um, it is, isn't it? I've and, never been. And this I'm year curious. we get uh, we get in at like two thirty, so obviously after breakfast. So we're gonna yeah. miss it. Okay, What's the bar there? The famous bar that all the Eagles go to? Where in Seattle? Yeah. Uh, like shenanigans? It's, no. What the hell's it called? It's Is it Seattle or Avalon? No, it's Seattle. Because I've I've been there and actually I think it's called um the OD. Wings. No, it's the uh, yeah the OD the Ocean Drive. Ocean, the Drive. Ocean Drive. No shower, happy hour, McGillicuddy. Yeah, because Jason Kelsey uh, has a, an OD shirt that he always wears, or he used to at least. How cool that's is this that's team? Seattle City, right? Yeah. Nice. I've never been to to that bar. I, I think I only went to Seattle with John when we were like younger. It's, a, it's kind of a dive bar. I mean, it's been like flooded out a bunch of times. But I mean, <laughs> there's a sea, there's like a sea seaweed like it's caught in your foot as you're like walking in. You're like, oh, oh! <laughs> it is made completely of wood that looks like it's like the most flammable wood. Like if you like strike a yeah. match oh outside, gosh. the whole building will be like. Yeah, if they they there's no way anyone can smoke in there because the whole, just the whole thing will just go up. Up in flame. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's kerosene soaked wood. It was just exploded. My brother was there, and he actually he was taking a piss in the bathroom, and Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, walked up right next to him and pissed in the urinal right next to him. And my brother said he couldn't believe how small Kelsey was. Right, he's short. How big his dick yeah. was. Right. Yeah, that's, Michael's that's, like six four though. Yeah, he's like six, yeah six three six four. So he's yeah. he's taller than him. But yeah, he that's complimented. So funny though, he saw them in there. So yeah. Nice, nice yeah. dick. 
Yeah. Sweet peas, dude. Did he, did he have a red bush? I don't know. I'll have to ask. I'll, I'll get that. I'll get confirmation on that for you. Do you think the Eagles team this year that won the Super Bowl was almost like the 93 and 2008 Phillies combined where, like, they had all these, like, silly, like, role, one-year role players and then, like, really excellent, like, borderline Hall of Fame players on the same team. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but I, I feel like, too, it's almost like we're at the beginning of that. with Because right. they're Hall of Fame players. So many of them are still so young. So right. these guys, you know, yeah. you had your off like your LeGarrette Blunts and, you know, Sproles has come up towards the end of his career. Right. Um, but Chris then you have, obviously, you have Wentz, uh, you Cole. know, Sackerts. Yeah. Coleman. Coleman? Yeah. Coleman. Coleman. You have Clement. Yeah. You know, who's Jeffrey. He's like in his yeah. prime. Nelson Aguilar, who improved better than any NFL athlete ever from last year. Yes. And now. Sports of John, 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 John. Sports of 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 John. Where you know he couldn't couldn't catch a ball to save his life. He was a track star in a football uniform. Yeah, he was god awful. But I think I I think I know what you're like. I think I know what you're getting at, John. Like it was kind of like it's just this unique group of individuals who. Really, if you put them on paper at the beginning of the season, you're thinking there's no way in hell these guys are going to make a run deep in the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. It's like too many individuals that that, that won't gel. Yeah. Too many dicks in the kitchen. Because, you know, the guy's wearing the dog masks and, you know, uh, who's our cornerback with the green mohawk? Not Jenkins. Just just some Uh, characters. Mikel. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank, but yeah, and then and then the fact that our backup Scotty quarterback brilliant. did it all. Yeah, I mean it's just such an unlikely. And then you stack on top of that, you know, our 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 prized our, our most prized player, the, the 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 quarterback. You know, he goes down, and holy crap! Now we're now we have the backup, and it's Nick Foles, still, and still, Nick still Foles goes out game and just looks like you know looks like garbage. Yeah, I, stops your heart. I can't believe it happened. It's a it's a Cinderella story. I mean, they they have to make a movie about it. They have to. Oh no, it's the epitome of like a good sports movie. It's like I mean, yeah. it has every element of a good film. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just I mean, take really. The fact. You couldn't. It's fiction is Out better of than all that. the Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. There is no more unique story, right? Out of all yeah. fifty-two Super Bowls, there's nothing where like the backup no. was the MVP. You know, when the Giants won, Hostetler wasn't the MVP. Or, or was he? Or I mean, they gave it to him, but he didn't have a game like Nick Snap Foles. to Foles, backs up, the rush is on. First, First down, down Jackers! Mamacina! You just put those pretzels in the pantry and you take them back out and put some more salt in my dick because I'm eating for two tonight. Dip it in mustard. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? The most yards thrown for in a Super Bowl ever? That's... Clement goes in motion off to the right. Foles gets the snap. Fading back. It's a catch. Touchdown, Eagles! Eckerts bobbled the ball and caught it again in the end zone. It's a touchdown. Philadelphia Eagles. There it is. Yeah. Brady like, backs like up Hernandez. second and two. Oh, he's hit! 
Today he needs to step up. He jarred the ball loose from Brady's hand. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. 30 seconds, tick -tock. 29, 28, 27. Brady snaps, spikes the ball to stop the clock. 26 to go, second and 10. Patriots on their own 30 something. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh, I can't. I can't. See. I can't take this. I can't take this. eyesight right now. Oh, I feel so bad for Giselle. 41 33, Eagles. 20 seconds to go. Fourth quarter, 24 on the game clock, first and 10. Patriots at their own. Bob, where are they? Snap to Brady. He backs up. He's being rushed. He lets go. He connects to Gronkowski, who yet again gets crushed out of bounds. Let's go with the ball. First down. This is Just absolutely I feel everything that I ate today rising up to my throat. Yeah, I'm I'm about to throw up. I like seriously. Yep. There we go. Fifty yard line. Nine seconds. Second and ten. Snap to Brady. He's rushed. He's jostled. Oh my god. Oh my god. Into the end zone. And it's incomplete. And the game is over. The Eagles are 2018 champions of football. Brilliant! Brilliant! No. No, yeah. Nick Foles won that football game. And, and he did... Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Mikael. That's a no, fine. fine. And you have, like, the most unlikely of characters. You have fine. Coach Doug Peterson, who got no respect, who was, you know... You know, I trashed him, you know, until really probably about halfway through the season. And Sure, yeah, we all did. You doubted him, unlike me. Yeah. John Dictum. Yeah. As Brian and, Dawkins and... said, as a, as a teammate, he was yeah. like a coach on the team. And I was like, well, that has to, I mean, you got to take what Dawkins says. You got to listen to yeah. that. He's, he's, he's one of the best. And you could take the Cinderella-esque football story of the Eagles this year and apply that to any other team, and it just wouldn't be as special. And I'm not saying that because I'm an Eagles fan. I'm saying, say it was the Patriots and Brady got injured. You're like, well, it's the fucking Patriots. They won. Of course they did. Or even another team. You know, it, but the fact that the Eagles has, have never right. won a Super Bowl and it happened with this guy that everybody was saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl. He's the best. And he gets injured. And the backup comes in and, and beats Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, who is like, it's unbelievable. Who the year before it, it, had the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history to like cement yes, his legacy that's what as it the was. greatest of all time. Lost yeah. to a backup. And, and if the Eagles had the same season and they went to the Super Bowl against the, I don't know, like the Colts or something, it, it, it would have been great, but it wouldn't have been as amazing that we yeah. beat Tom Brady with him. Yeah, you have Doug Peterson and Nick Foles going up against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Okay, to, without knowing who won the Super Bowl, just stack those those two up against each other, you know, right. those four, and tell me who you think is going to freaking win. Yeah, they, I mean, could, right. they couldn't have – it could have been like they won so like true. two years before. Like they didn't even have to be defending champions, which they were. They're yep. just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, like arguably the greatest coach-quarterback combo ever. Ever. Yeah. And we'll beat the, them in dramatic fashion. They've dramatic been to eight fashion. Super Bowls. They've been to eight Super Bowls. It, it's amazing. And They're and like the thing LeBron. after the season, a lot of uh, sports commentators and authors are saying, you know, they're not going to be able to keep uh, Foles. Uh, he's probably going to get a big payday to another team. And what did they do? They retained him. Yeah. 
Yes. And they gave him a good deal, and they have that weapon again. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, and they're you know they they have the insurance with Nick Foles because they're they're not sure if Carson Wentz is going to be 100 percent by uh, you know week one, and if he's not 100 percent, he they shouldn't play him. You know, I agree. They're gonna they're definitely gonna start him if he's you know activated. Oh yeah. But if he's not 100 percent, I they should put in Foles just because yeah. you know they should give him the time he deserves to get back to 100 percent and not not rush that. It because yeah. um, Foles is not a backup quarterback anymore. Level wise, I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion, beat Tom Brady. He's a, he's an A-lister. He's a starter, but and uh, it parallels you know, the NBA and what you need to do. The NBA evolved. Like you have to have guys who can shoot three pointers, like guys that are like automatic. In the NFL, if you really, really want to be a dynasty, you have to have a great backup quarterback because you yeah, can't you bet your whole fucking season on one player. It's just because so more often than not, they get stupid. hurt. I mean, it's happened a lot yeah. of years. We can talk about Aaron a lot Rogers. of times with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Tom Brady Wilson. for the beginning. I mean, that didn't really affect the team. They had a good backup, but yeah. it happens with a lot of teams. The division. Yeah. yeah, that Hunley guy who stepped in front of Rodgers, you could just tell. I mean, you can really see how much Aaron Rodgers covers up on that offense and how important he is. I mean, yes. Oh, my God. They're bad. The Packers yeah. are so they, boring and bad. They were abysmal. Did you guys see Clay Matthews get hit in the face of the line drive at their charity softball game? No, no, is that true? That's all. I gotta, I gotta Google that. But I did see the fanatic put out a woman's yeah. eye at a Phillies game, and now she has lifetime season tickets. Did you yeah. see the interview with her? She had a Phillies blanket in the back, and I was like, that is every like law firm PR management's like best dream. It's like, oh, they're gonna sue us for billions, and it's like, oh, she's a huge fan. Give her season tickets; she'll take them. She didn't. Too. You know what I mean? She it's a hot dog like cannon. It's a hot dog cannon. It's not like the bungee cord that they used to use. I, I remember, you know, seeing them do that. It's a freaking, you know, it's air compressed cannon, and they wrap the hot dogs in like duct tape. <laughs> so you could kill somebody with that thing. Yeah, right. So They're that, gonna the stop doing that. that. Yeah, the dumbass fanatics. Those those hot dogs state. are basically like soft <laughs> missiles. They really are. Yeah. There's nothing like a Philly hot dog though. When you get one of those at the game. Oh yeah, right. With fresh a warm out of the beer. Microwave. Yeah, they're all yeah. It's a, getting a hot dog at the ballpark is uh, there. There's very few things in life that can come close to that. That's side. true. I went besides to, what? Uh, I went to hot dog night once at the Phillies Citizens Bank Park. It's like one dollar hot dogs, right? Yeah, and uh, oh, it's like go. they stuff forty hot dogs into one microwave and try to so, like, just zap them all at once. Like my hot dog was cold in spots and then steaming hot <laughs> in spots. <laughs> That's what it was. It was zapped. Well, it's like nuked. It's like when you heat up a hot pocket. What, whatever asshole made that little thing you put the hot pocket in that it, it's never evenly cooked. You bite one yeah. end, you almost chip your tooth because it's frozen. And you bite the other end, and you know. And it's you're like, burning. You have third degree burn. Yeah, you have to call yeah, a paramedic. You know, just bit in the lava. It's like Marie Callender's turkey Popeyes. You're like seven minutes done. Oh, it's a little cold here. Let me just go over to this side. Ow, my finger just got burnt <sighs> off. Yeah, pot pie, pie designers didn't like call microwave companies and go, what happens when you put food inside your device? Oh, well, it rotates right. and it cooks kind of from the inside out. Okay, so we'll put this plastic thing around ours with two holes on either side and both ends will hang out. So yeah, it'll we'll just cook make completely that happen. unevenly. Yeah, they they can never get it right, and it never cooks. It no matter. I, I've never had an evenly cooked hot pocket. It's, yeah, it I can't exist. Eat it it's just so frustrating. It doesn't, doesn't exist. Happen. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like a unicorn. It's like it's wild. Stouffer's French bed 
pizza, you can't not burn the roof of your mouth on the first bite. Just it yeah, just it. happens. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, and also too, I learned the hard way that uh, those Wendy's hamburger wrappers are actually foil. I didn't. I always thought it was just uh, shiny. It just looked like it, but I put that baby in the microwave, and wow. <laughs> oh yeah, stuff. that's right. It is foil. <laughs> Yikes. Wendy's. I like that you had Sparkles. Wendy's food left over that needed to be heated up. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm good for that occasionally. That's uh, nice. Yeah. Nice to see. Like you're gonna save it. You're not just gonna. Eh, I ate most of it. Throwing it out. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna eat this later. Yes, because if there's something more disgusting than uh, just fast food on its own, it's day-old fast food. Day-old fast food. food. I did that the other week. I got chicken nuggets and chicken McNuggets, and I put them back in the fridge because I didn't finish them all. Jen's like, you can't do that. You need to eat them at the time. I was like, oh, I'm doing it. No, you really can't with the chicken McNuggets. They do taste like they're very bad later on. Yeah. Yeah, They have a weird, like, like, tangy taste. It's not good. The breading, like, separates from the, the meat. And the actual like this, there's like this air between them, and it. Yeah, it's not good. It's separates. not good. You do you eat them right away with mustard. Yeah. And there's yeah. something there's something okay. too when you're reheating day old fast food where you just you really have to stop and pause for a second. And what what does your life come to? Yeah, reflect on your life because I do that too. I I eat like three day old pizza, and I'm like, we're yeah. doing it. This is happening. Yep. Am this I is... am I starving? Yeah. And and completely broke. Why am I doing this? Why is this happening? <laughs> There's chicken, frozen chicken in my freezer. I I could eat it and feel so much better afterwards. But now yes, this will yeah. take thirty seconds to exactly. warm up and, and eat. The and whole it'll be thing. immediately gratifying, and yeah. you'll feel like a piece of garbage twenty minutes later. You do. Oh, that 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 twenty that's, minutes later garbage feeling at your fast food. That's the worst. Because you feel greasy. You feel like it. there's chemicals yeah. in you hurting your body. You're yeah, like your oh. hands are slimy, and all you want to brush your teeth. You taste like onions. You're kind of tired. Yeah. And even if you try to like move around to like not be tired, there are bricks in your stomach. Yeah, you just feel like a sack of garbage. Just a, a yeah. sack of hot. Garbage, and you should because you you just put that gar that shit in your body. But you it's know? great when you're eating it though. You're oh like, my god, there's nothing more gratifying at the moment. It's uh, great. It's you're like, oh, and when you're uh, ordering it, you're like paying for it, and they give you the bag, and you smell it. You're like, this oh is my great. gosh, it's yeah, like I, getting a fresh hooker off the street. You know, you just know it's gonna be good, yep, but then you'll feel bad afterwards. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's so like bad. You'd be a little bit nervous about uh, maybe what what was just you know what diseases were just uh, conveyed on you and right. Uh, well, chemicals are now floating through your body that you need. Supersize me. That documentary was so accurate when he was eating it in yeah. the bar, and he's like, "I'm eating it, and I feel it's so good, and I'm so yeah. like excited." And then they they cut to like 20 minutes down the road, and he's like, <sighs> "Yeah." Like the salt is giving him like short breath. <laughs> well, I remember when he, he he's kind of a pussy though. When he ate a double quarter pounder, he threw up in the parking lot. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, he's, come on. I wouldn't what? even throw up a double quarter pounder. Yeah, I mean, I, I can eat like two or three and not throw yeah. up. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't usually... think I would throw up on fast food. I would just feel like bloated, like I need to like a fart. Sure. Like, I gotta fall asleep. Right. But I'm not gonna <laughs> get physically sick where I'm like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, right. yeah. Cause it's probably because of his, you know, his hippie, ultra liberal wife. You know, doesn't eat any meat, and so he's a vegetarian, he's a vegan too, and just can't oh, handle all that that, <laughs> that massive influx of god awful, overly processed meat. It's like a Chinaman eating buffalo. Did you see that? And they built the railroads where they they dunk a, a 
Big Mac into like what the equivalent of stomach acid is and they leave it in there for like a day. Oh, it turns black? It turns it yeah, it like doesn't oh. like break down. It just turns into like a blob of tar. Oh. That would explain the bathroom experience the next day though. I mean it's like that also, would explain like somebody throwing well, meal against porcelain. You mean the next it's, two days. It, it's like yeah. when you leave a the burger challenge, when you leave a McDonald's cheeseburgers on top of a fridge for a year and you don't touch it, it looks the exact same a year later. No flies yeah. either. No flies. Even oh, dumb yeah, that's, insects, no, it's not oh. like real. I almost wish nutrition. I did, I almost wish I didn't see any of that stuff. It's just like the ignorance it would just be so, would still just be so much better. Right. That's true. And it's it's funny too because a lot of these fast food restaurants like McDonald's are trying to do like a healthier, classy route where they're like updating their stores and like we have a nice like cafe latte menu. It's like no. No, no, just just own it. Own what you are. People will still come here. They're trying to do like the salad route and there's free options. There's no way to keep up with pop, uh, the population. Like McDonald's got big, so it expanded and it had to like cut a uh, value. Same thing happened to Subway over the last 10 years with their $5 foot long thing. The quality of their stuff just goes down so they can make more and get it yep. out there and people stop eating. Right. Subway's very overrated now. Yes, it is. I, I, I can't even eat there anymore. No. <laughs> I haven't eaten there in like three years. I mean, yeah. I'd rather eat at McDonald's anyway because Ronald McDonald wasn't a pedophile. So, you know, you right. he, yeah. So, you know, yeah. kids. Ronald McDonald might not have lost right. a lot of weight off eating McDonald's, but they also didn't fuck kids. So, yep. like, it's okay. Exactly. You can do that. Or beat off to them. Yeah, right. So it's fine. I'd rather do that subway. Right. Yeah, right. Remember Quiznos? Yeah, right. Quiznos? I, I liked Quiznos. Quiznos yeah, Quiznos was like, good. They, 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 were, right. they were better than Subway. Were they one of the first ones to toast their subs? Yeah. Mm. I yes, I think so. Yeah, they started the whole thing. And I think to, to kind of go so back with McDonald's and you know them offering the healthier options, nobody's going to order that. That's just so when they get some shade thrown their way, like you know for being so unhealthy, they can say, "Well, we do have these menu options. We know nobody orders them, but we have it on." Uh, so we can wow. Say we have. So like so when the next person tries to do a documentary, oh, you're supposed to eat McDonald's every day or every meal every day, and they can say, "Well, yeah, but not this crap. We have the healthy things over here." Right. Yeah, they can they can show that and hold that up and you know kind of deflect some of the some of the bad press that they get. Do you put like the same addicting flavors in those salads? No. Well. Yeah. What about an IHOP going to IHOP International House of Burgers? Yeah. Right. IHOP. I mean, it's so bad. It's all, it's all city stunt. But come on, I think Wendy had the best tweet. After that, Wendy oh, said, so good or somebody, something like on the order of, you know, if you guys can't get pancakes, right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're not worried about the guy that thought pancakes were too hard or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Something and we're like, like yeah, I hop isn't good, man. I've eaten there a few times, but it's it last time I ate there. It was just too much. It was just like gross. I seriously thought that was like the onion or, you know, like I thought it was a joke when I saw. I hop becoming I hob. Yeah, why? I was like, I do that. Oh, don't you mean like I hob it? Like, why don't you just go the whole way? Hob isn't even a word. I hob. Right. Go the burger route. Hop. Somebody what? that. Somebody put. Um, speaking of the social media with those places, somebody posted on social media some I hob, put a sign up that says like, <laughs> if you reek of marijuana, you will not be served here. 
And somebody called them out, like, way to alienate, like, 80% of your customers. Yeah. And then Denny's put, like, got the munchies from smoking weed? Come on in. Or something like that. Like, a sign for there. Good you know, like, know, know, know your target base, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Know your audience. Uh, excuse me, sir. I'm trying to enjoy a lovely meal here at IHOP with the family. And that gentleman, that unsavory fellow over there, smells a little bit like a sheesh. And I'm a little offended was, at the nostrils. I think that- that, that young man over there was smoking a marijuana cigarette before he came into this uh, yes. establishment. I actually think that blind woman over there was smoking her oils in her car before she came in for her blueberry pancakes. Kick her out. <laughs> Kick her out, her blueberry pancakes. <laughs> I used to always go to Perkins with Biscardi. Oh, yeah. Me too. And I'd get chocolate chip pancakes. And he'd be like, you never finish your chocolate chip pancakes. What are you doing? Because I could never finish them. I was like, what are you worried about? They're like the greatest things in the world for like two minutes. And then you're like, oh, I can't eat these fucking things. Like chocolate pancakes. It's like too much. But it's great for like two minutes. When yeah, you talk about, talk about something that, that really puts you down after you eat it. Pancakes ruin Oh, me. yeah. Oh, they, they knock you. You need to take a nap. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know anyone that has a job that is like, I'll take the pancakes in the morning. No. Yeah. You, no. No, 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 no. Even on the weekends, I rarely order pancakes because I know I'm like – you have to go home and like take a nap. I never get them. Out. I never get them. But I used yeah. to always go to Perkins yeah. and get chocolate chip can- pancakes. Oh, really? Did you really? Yeah, they're great. But that was in high school when I had the metabolism of 10 men. That was the best in high school when you could go to lunch and eat like a foot and a half of cheesesteak, chips, and a, and a soda and be like back to work and nothing's changed or whatever. When did yeah. you notice? When did you notice that like your childhood metabolism had left you? Uh, the metabolism's still pretty high, yeah, you're but still the, the sluggishness is still, is, 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 is there. Like, I'm still, yeah, I don't gain stuff? weight easily, but, yeah, I guess, like, late 20s, I'd be like, because I would still come home when I lived with my parents when I was, like, 25. I'd still come home from work at lunch and uh, eat, like, a huge sandwich and chips and go back and be fine. But then, like, I guess when I moved to L.A., 27, 28, I'm like, oh, that that turkey grinder wasn't a good idea. Oh, my loins. That gyro with extra tzatziki was not a good idea. <laughs> that, that boar's head, literal boar's head with the horns was awful. And eyes. It was definitely the late 20s for me, too, when the metabolism just went bye-bye. Yeah, it just catches up. I'm trying to think of when, like, when did I, oh, it, okay, sophomore year. Um, I like, uh, uh, luckily this happened to me way earlier than you guys, uh, sophomore year of high school, I worked at Einstein bagels and it was still, again, Ooh, when, when, you know, my metabolism was like a furnace, but I had free bagels and schmear at my disposal. Oh yeah. I would have like five bagels with like, it would be like <sighs> cinnamon sugar bagel with chocolate cream cheese. I would have like, like 5,000 5, calories a pop. It gets you. Yeah, you want to do it. <laughs> and I'm doing this all summer long. At the end of the summer, my buddy's parents have a house down the shore, like end of, the, end of August. So I go down there and I stay with them. And there's a picture of me and them on the beach without our shirts on. And I look like, like a pink whale. Like, <laughs> I was 200 pounds. It was like for the first time in my life, I was like, Oh my God, I'm like chubby. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels it feels bad. It's so weird. 
my my sophomore so year of college too. I was like drinking a lot and eating like a lot of food, I guess. And I I used to get naked a lot at parties, so I like took my shirt off on New Year's and someone got a picture. To the woman. And and I looked at I did the woman and uh, I was like, dude, once I get fat and they're like, Clark, you have at least a B cup, man. And because <laughs> I was That's hunched loops. over. So my tits were like like clamped together and hung down. I had like a B cup and I was like, once <laughs> I get fat. And like, ah, oh, no, dude, you got to like, and I was like, all right. So I, I had like worked out, like I lost that like three weeks. I was like, just not eating, like working out. But it was like, it catches up to me. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, I guess, I guess I actually, probably my soft, my junior year in college, I actually, I, I put on, I packed on a few pounds, you know. Did you? You just, just eat and drink like an asshole in college anyway. I mean, for See, the most part. I, yeah, it was sophomore year of high school for me. I, I like, uh, oh, I got high like school. an, yeah, it was high school. Where I was oh. eating like five bagels a day, every day for like an entire summer with schmear, and uh, not working out or anything. And That'll I, do it. I, I, there was this. There was even a video of me on the beach, and I'm running like Baywatch, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like truffle shuffle slow motion jiggling. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a fat pink whale. Everything's just moving. Do you stop? Yeah, right. Yeah, just keep how long did it take you to lose it? I mean, did that like light a fire where you're like, I gotta get in shape? Or was it just like I'll just not eat bagels and it'll even out? It was like I don't wanna feel my belly jiggling when I run and people can see it through my shirt ever again. So I just got back to whatever weight that was and 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 have stayed there. Uh, yeah, I was wearing a suit a couple weeks ago and I was getting ready to go out to an interview for work. Uh, to talk to somebody and I just exploded right out of my belt because it was just there was too much pressure yeah food wait did the belt like break yeah like where the where the really actual, where the buckle oh part leather oh my gosh it, it just broke right off I had to go buy a new belt gosh. oh my gosh dude I've what are your policy on belts because I wear the same oh. belt every day that I have since 2005 yeah, I have like a belt that's like ten years old that I wear every day as yeah. well. It's not, not a dress belt, but yeah. Right, right, like khakis, jeans yeah. and khakis. Yeah, I was in LA in two thousand five visiting my girlfriend at the time, and I was at the the mall and I bought a belt from Banana Republic for like twenty bucks, and I still wear this belt every day. It's like a brown leather belt. It's the best in yeah. the world. Yeah, I love mine too. I think mine's like American Eagle or something. Yeah, it works. You just yeah. don't. They have a long shelf life. Like yeah. suit belts, you might need to replace a little bit more when they're like leather or black and you can like – but like regular everyday belts, you just don't need them. They're great. No, no you just – But I've, I've, I've gained and lost weight and fluctuated. So now I'm in that weird spot where it's like I need one more notch between two because it's either too tight or too loose and yeah. I can't deal with it. You guys have that problem? Or the belt is like just long enough or it, you wrap, it wraps around you twice. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just long enough, or you're like, it looks like a third dick. Yeah, right. Third one. Who's two? But you know what I mean. It's like, it's like yeah, crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm actually on the my I the, I got that belt I have now that was, <laughs> that I was pretty fat when I got it. So uh, I'm actually on the uh, the last or not the the first little notch, and that that works pretty well. Oh, that's pretty good. It's uh, comfortable. Yeah. Welcome to Cutting Cutting Edge Radio. You're listening to the Podcastle History Hour. Hey, Next week belts? sucks. What's your policy on rewearing them? Uh, <laughs> by the way, do you guys have sweaty feet? My feet sweat like a motherfucker, apart from all the booze coming out oh of the day. So some days I have to change my socks like midday because I'm just sweating profusely. 
And I'm like, yeah, I just have like a sweat foot thing. Jen's like, no, it's alcohol. You need to stop drinking like all these beers every night. And I'm like, you're probably right. It's ADD. It's not alcohol. What, uh, like you mean dress socks you change? You're wearing yeah. dress socks? No, I wear like, they're not dress socks. They're not like white Nikes. socks. They're like the old Navy socks that have like sharks on them or something. Like they're, okay. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You can wear they're them like they're comfortable. Sleeve. They're not like athletic socks. You can't wear them to play basketball in. They're really but you can thin. wear them with khakis and like brown dress shoes. They're really thin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that problem. Yeah, they keep all the sweating. I don't have that problem with my feet. I get hellacious swamp ass though. It's just really yes. bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, me too. It is hellacious. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten it so bad where my belt has a actually tampon. My, my belt has actually stained my sh- my shorts. That, is my, oh, my my oh my gosh. 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 I think like pretty much yeah too like the oh my, you know, my my boxers and my shorts oh my can sometimes just you know take themselves off and you know walk around and they can they exist. walk around and have a cigarette and come back. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guys policy on uh, ironing clothes? Do you guys look at never, it more and go never no. I rather wrinkly. I I wrinkly or drier. Yeah, wrinkly cuz it'll even out during the day. Like jeans, they're wrinkly as hell in 2 hours it'll be fine. Kind of falls down. Bob's, yeah. Bob's like warm enough that it's like almost like he's like a self steamer and it like it like derinkles it's the de- whole outfit. It derinkles wearing. Yes, <laughs> I'm a human heat pump and yeah. just I, I create my own like atmosphere around me, you know, within like a foot of me. He just like stands there and everything just like straightens. That's how it works. Yeah, just straighten it out. <laughs> All the wrinkles like fall out. It's just it's just bad. And I've tried like the gold bond stuff, you know, that you put on. You know? Me too. It doesn't work. Oh, it works on my grundle. <laughs> well, I didn't put it down there. <laughs> I do that, man. But it's like I'm making bread down there. Then I just it doesn't it doesn't work well. It doesn't work. It doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Sometimes it, it just causes more issues. Yeah, it does. It bubbles up. You don't want that. No, no, it's embarrassing. I'm cooking a banana loaf. <laughs> I have a buddy of mine that works someplace now where they like remove sweat glands for people that sweat and I'm like well doesn't that just reroute like the body to sweat somewhere else I, I mean so. it's, like, yeah. it's like a new science and he's like no you can remove like people that have really sweaty arms you can I'm like yeah but it's not like unhealthy doesn't isn't the sweat there to like, like get rid of the pores like it's like plugging stuff? one hole so then the other right. holes are just going to leak. Yeah. I'm like, I've never heard of this. And I'm sure in five years you won't either because this thing won't be around because it sounds right. like some kind of wacky Hindu hippie thing going on. Really I weird. To, I used to have to put uh, – when I was in high school, I put – I would take like paper towels out of the bathroom and put them under my armpits because uh, I, I would just oh, sweat. I used to do that. Or I used to oh, yeah. always wear a shirt. And then at lunchtime, you pull them yeah. out of the armpits and throw it on somebody's uh, lunch when oh. uh, you're at the table. So yeah. fun. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> I feel like I'm waking up everybody in this house right now. You guys want to put tonight put tonight in the W column? Sure. Slice. Slice it. Slice it. How long have we been drinking here? Oh my goodness. Hold, hold on. Yeah. Oh, it's at least an hour and forty five minutes. It's been a great show. Bob's shows feel like five minutes, but they're like two hours. It's just riffing. I like it. I know. We literally had what? What did we have? Revolutionary War. That was the only thing. Oh, we, and we Richmond. Just, Tim Richmond. Yeah. 
We we really didn't talk about anything. It Dick was just Whitman. kind of a Dick theme of consciousness. Oh my goodness. No, by the way, I just want to crowbar in. We yeah, talked right. about a recent show, the Netflix show, The Staircase. Oh I watched it the last two nights. And uh, I finished watching the uh, oh Evil gosh. Genius. Bob, have you seen this? The Staircase about the murder no. guy? In- What's it about? It's about that guy in North Carolina that his wife fell on the stairs and she died. And then he was, he was, he was an author. They were a rich family author. And he was tried and convicted of murdering her. But he says he didn't. And the way the story pins it, it's kind of ambiguous. Like he could have done it. Maybe he didn't at all. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, really think he did like, it. That's like the tippity tip of the iceberg. Right. I, he did it for sure. So much weird shit about he, him. He did that. He is like an actor in the car, like driving around, like, look at all these poor people here. This is the real crime. I'm like, great distraction from like, you know, he yeah. totally did it, this guy, in my opinion. They're really That's good, though. I've watched check them that both. Out. Yeah. Check that out. Sounds yeah, good. Dude. Pretty good. Um, they're all really good. They're both really good, though. The guy yeah. sounds like he's like a psychopath or something. He's a sociopath, for sure. Sociopath, yeah. Yeah, or psycho- yeah psychopath, too. Absolutely. But Sociopath in the sense that like he talks one way and then another way, and it's like your wife just died. You should be a little bit more upset, yeah. you know. And, and he's still like in control, like making food in front of and, the cameras at the house. It's like no, and Clark, no, you should be moving out of there. Clark, let me ask you this: Didn't you notice him almost like stumbling through his lies? Like you can always yeah, tell when a liar is lying. He's thinking ahead, and his eyes are wide. He's like because you know, uh, <sighs> and you're like, yeah, you're thinking of the next. Next fabrication. He said something like, and that was the last time I ever saw her. Well, oh, the last no, time actually, upstairs yeah, when I she actually, died. Right right when she was about to die was the last time I actually saw her. Yeah, when I was pushing her uh, down the steps. That's the last time I saw her. He talks about his wife's death. like, uh, And it's weird because he's like in his own home still. He's free on bail at this point. You know, the trial's happening. So he's, he's talking about it oh, yeah. as if you were talking about like uh, – you know, like a car, a car that he loved or a novel he wrote. He's like, well, here's where I wrote this. And we used to hang out here. It's like, no, dude, you should be crying and not making like yeah, a film about this. Right. Like, it's really bizarre. Yeah, he that, did it. it yeah. really he, looks, he looks crazy. Right. And he was yeah, gay. How many episodes have you seen? Clark? Four of them. Okay. Keep watching. And it's like a, it's a documentary? Yeah, and there's like 13 episodes. It's like a full series, 13 or 12 oh, episodes. Like it's it it goes all the way. I'm not I'm it not gonna finish watching. Ripping. It. Is it good? Yes. I, 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 after Dude, four, I was, I was like, this guy just killed his wife. Uh, I might keep waste it. Really all right. Keep all right. The lawyers you check out are the, great. You can right. check out Bob at the reenactment of Chancellorsville next Thursday up north. You can check out John at the reenactment of the Battle of Bunker Hill. American Revolutionary War. And you can check with Clark watching Hamburger Hill tonight on Hulu in Tarzana, California. The gentleman in charge of immigrations, Bob. From the man in charge of Burgerfy's solicitations, John Hassinger, to the man in charge of his own masturbation, Matthew Clark, later on. Thanks so much for listening to the Nerd 35's History Hour of the Podcastle. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Trust the process. Godspeed. And a sweet McCombs. That was a dilly of a show, boys. A dilly of a show. That was a great show. One hour and